press the button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Welcome to another episode of Snacks Packs. This episode is brought to you by... I couldn't figure out which one I want to do. I was going to say Fidget Toys. We were just talking about them, and they're really super sick. Or I was going to say the foundation to make America gay again, but America's always been gay. So how it can you make been. something that's always been gay, gay again? You know, or Our presidents had white wigs. Yeah, They dude. wore big, long, flowing white wigs. wigs. Dude, that's gay. Gayer that's than hell. Gay as hell, boy. That is gay as hell. <laughs> that's uh, you would. Fucking gayer than hell. You're going to tell you what now. <laughs> Um, telling me George Washington never bought him with a bussy full of beans. Goddamn, you, you're a liar. You're a liar if you think <laughs> you're that. You're a liar. That man. As sure as he cut down that chair. Yes, sir. Fucking, you know them boys explored each other's bodies all day, <laughs> baby. Uh, yeah, uh, welcome I had, to another episode. I put on my notes what we do in the shadows, July 13th. Oh, the new season? They confirm the new season comes out then. Let's Reservation go. Dogs is August. Second, Let's which I'm go. also very excited about. And Did you end up watching Reservation Dogs. I don't know. I didn't watch the newest season. I need to watch. That. Watch I, it. Finish Atlanta and finish Reservation Dogs. I will. Get it over I with. will. Um, it's. I've just been fucking trying to watch a million other things. So everyone's like, "You need to watch this. You need to watch this." And I'm like, "Oh my god, there's so much going on." Yeah, I mean, we and we we got Barry to talk about. Yeah, too. and Barry. Um, that last episode was nuts, dude. I I felt like it made up for the episode before it. I I like the fact that yeah, it was so lackluster. A ton happened, you know. Yeah, it was. It really made up for how slow and boring. Uh-huh, that I agree. Was. We'll we'll talk about it in a second. We'll talk about it in a second. Why? Because uh, you're texting right now, or no, we're trying to record a fucking podcast. I was, looking, I was looking something up, but I have a. I got a. I've got a fucking. My teacher is one of my old teachers is retiring tomorrow. Um, so we're going to go to the alternative school that I went to that he taught at and all the, we're all going to meet up there and, and for his retirement party. And I'm just like, well, this ought to be interesting seeing everybody I, was like, I went to high school with, dude. Horrible. Yeah. Well, luckily, like, so, uh, um, people are going to be there. Is it a lot? That'd be good. I can't imagine it's going to be a ton. Like the alternative it school itself was super small already. We had like a hundred something kids. Um, a lot. Yeah. But the, but the big high school had like 3000. So That's a huge yeah, yeah, dude, I, I'll have to next, when I'm in town tomorrow, I'll send you pictures of it. Cause it's like, huge. it looks like a college campus. It's fucking huge. Ours was like. 15 to 1800 no yeah ours ours is like giant fucking school i had exactly 400 people in my graduating no shit yeah mine was uh uh mine was i went to because then when i went to alternative school if you got enough credits out credit hours or whatever you could just graduate early they would have a little block graduation for the kids that got enough credits out of that block so you graduate, you wouldn't have to show up to school, but you could still walk in the big graduation at the end of the year. That big graduation, man, that was like 1,500 kids alone I would, graduating in that. Forever. Uh, dude, it was so bad. And somehow, like... Was like, it a four-year high school or three? Uh, I, th- four, I think right? it's... Well, I think it's four now. Cause when, I think it was three because you said 1,000 out of the 3,000. Yeah, so when I went I to... When I went to the high school, we had an intermediate high school, which was ninth grade. 
And that was a whole nother building. And then they did away with that a couple years later and moved those ninth grade kids to uh, the big high school. And I think they turned that into like another, I forgot what school they turned it into. There was like six different buildings you went to per grade. I went to a K through six, a seven through nine and a 10 through 12. I went to high school right as they transitioned it to a nine through 12. So I was never a freshman ninth grader in a, a nine through 12 school, which I was stoked about because yeah. i was very little looking yeah <laughs> i was a little guy <laughs> looking at i just googled union high school how many students three thousand four hundred and sixty four um a yeah it's a lot of kids and what? so so basically guys you can't build other high schools what's happening i guess so we have union is the big one that's when i went to we have broken arrow which is a, which is very close to union and then we have jinx which is like another town but like the way it worked where i went is You went to elementary school in your district until fifth grade. And then after fifth grade, you went to the sixth and seventh grade center. You were there for two years. After the sixth and seventh grade center, you went to the eighth grade center. uh, And you spent eighth grade at the eighth grade center. Then you went to the I-High, which is the intermediate high school for ninth grade. Uh, And that was at the time I started going to alternative school. So um, I didn't go to the I-High. I think I went to the intermediate high school for a day, and then I got accepted into alternative school. I can't believe you went to alternative school. Dude, it was awesome. I loved alternative school. It was amazing. So, what, what was it? What is happening right now? Reagan's blasting a fucking Bluetooth speaker into my recording. <laughs> <laughs> He's really just acing the uh, <laughs> audio for this episode. Uh, she, uh... What were you talking alternative about? school what about oh it? yeah what was your official like reason so most alternative school you ha- you do you fuck up and you got to go there which was the case for the one i went to if you fucked yourself out of being in regular school you had the option to go to alternative school but you also had to apply and get accepted into it you had to have a sit down with the, all the teachers and the principal and they talked to you and they made sure you were a right fit to be at the school um, so I didn't do anything wrong. I was like a decent student. I made A's and B's except for math where I usually made a D and then like I showed classic. up. Yeah. Classic. I showed up on time. I was hardly ever tardy. I didn't really, you know, I, I did okay in regular school, but my brother had went to alternative school and really liked it. And my mom had liked that he was in alternative school because it was such a closer community and uh it was such a closer community less people in the school teachers got more one-on-one time uh instead of like you saw like regular high school you saw like six teachers a day because you had six periods or whatever i saw two i had an am and a pm class uh and each of them had like 20 kids at most where the regular high school had like 30 40 yeah yeah yeah. and so i went to alternative school for ninth grade my freshman year that was the last year because alternative school was split up in the junior high program and the high school program so the junior high was like seventh eighth and ninth graders so i had it was i was the oldest one of the oldest yeah oldest grade there so i had a lot of younger friends too um and that year i was at the junior high alternative was the last year for the junior high program. So after my uh, junior high year, they shut it down and all the younger kids that I was friends with all went back to regular school while I moved on to the alternative high school. And then I think my sophomore or junior year, I can't remember which one my parents were like, Hey, you should try going to the regular high school for a semester. And I was like, that sounds fucking terrible. I don't want to do that. But really they were adamant. My, I think it was my more. My stepdad was adamant on it and was like, 
was like uh a stepdad thing, yeah yeah know? he was like you're not got- even talking shit you know you're yeah just no like, it is yeah it. and and he's like you, you gotta, gotta go you, he's like you gotta go and you gotta see if you like the regular high school more than the alternative school and i was like it was it had to been my i think it was I think like there's merit to that i agree and i agree it, it had to been in 2011 because i remember at the time it was around it was around the time I, that my friend died uh and me and my stepdad had a conversation about it about going to the high school and it is one of the conversations that i remember having with him as a kid because um we were in the car talking about it and he was like and i was i can't remember how it came up we were talking about it and he was and i was like i don't want to go to the high school it's it looks shitty i like alternative school he's like but you got to you got to see if you like it he's like i'm not going to sit here and argue with you about it he was like i will debate you about why i think you should try out the high school He's like, but I'm not going to argue about it because there's a difference between arguing and debating. And if you'd like to debate about it, we can talk about it. If you want to argue about it, we're not going to talk about it. And I was like, damn, you know what? You're right. You're right about uh, that. All right. Yeah, all right. So you did go. I went for a semester. It sucked. And then you, uh, and you hated it. And I hated you left? it. Yeah, I hated it. And that I was pro- so bad. It just like it was huge. Dude, it's and- just so weird to hear you say this because you're like, I want to do emo yeah, now. And yeah, I put yeah. my fucking face in front of four hundred fifty thousand people well, on the internet. I mean, it, it was a different. It was a different time, a ballpark in, in high school. And like all my friends were at the alternative school because I had known all those kids, and I had I had a good amount of friends at the regular high school. I I, I didn't as as far as like friends go it wasn't that big of an issue i just didn't like the amount of classes i had to go to the amount of teachers i had to remember the name i had a good time it's funny it's funny because like you didn't go to like basic normal high school and so they're like you got to try it out yeah yeah why it's awful yeah it does yeah (laughs) it's what you got to do you're like well i don't want to do this goodbye you know and that's kind of tight i get that i I, yeah i get it too and like i i very much you know the only issue i had in the regular high school was that my math class was my first hour class which was fucking awful to do the first thing in the morning i failed that um and the truck i the, the car i drove to school was like a 1976 ford f100 so it broke down all the time so my mom would have to take me to school and i would be late and then i got detention because i was late to my first period and then my mom called my fucking math teacher and was like if you get my son detention one more time i'm gonna kick your ass because i'm taking him to school i have to do stuff in the morning cut him some slack or me and you're gonna fucking fight and i'm like you can't say that to people but i respect it and then yeah. I failed math so hard. Basically, I got called into the assistant principal's office. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got called into the assistant principal's office, and he was like, listen, man, he was like, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not going to pass math this semester. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and I was like, that's tight, because I'm not going to be here like, next Wait, to- George Bush said we can yeah, never I, fail. You can't hold me <laughs> back, bitch. You can't uh, leave yeah. me behind, um, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be here next semester, so I don't think it really matters. And he was like, why is that? And I was like, well, because I'm going back to alternative school. Because I tried to get into alternative school mid-semester, and my the principal was basically like, it just won't work. Like, you, you can't lose a qu- credit hour to come here and be here yeah. longer. And I was like, fuck you, but I get it. I, I get it. I understand. So, and you had um, such a weird Dude, caller. I know, yeah. Yeah, and and very unusual. The assistant principal was like, "All right, well, I know." (laughs) The assistant, normal. The assistant principal was like, "All right, well, um, he's like, since you're not going to pass first hour, just come into my office and sit out there and do work on another class." His his kid also had the same name as me too, so he was like, "Why do you?" 
He was like, oh, why'd your parents name you that? And I was like, I don't know, man. They just did. He was like, oh, well, that's my son's name. And I think I told just know that because to me, I get that question 10 billion yeah, times yeah, yeah. a year. Well, like, the normal names get that question. I, well, I mean, why's your you, name Tom? Like, you, are yeah, you, you got to think, though, <laughs> back in like, two th- like 2011, like Braxton was not a common name. It's no, you didn't. I, I, I knew two kids. Not, I knew two kids like, with my name. Uh, I like that name because it's not like a, a, a Kyler, Tyler, yeah, whatever. Yeah. My it's, brother's name. You don't name. have to do anything silly with the, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't have to do anything silly with the spelling yeah. to make it unique. And know? also it it's, does kind of stand out. it's really good too, because kids can't really make fun of it in a, in a, um, no, a, not really. Yeah, except this one. Oh kid, yeah, Brad. No, this one kid. We got into an argument, and he called me uh, Faxton, and I was like, I was gonna. That's I was exactly like, that's. I, yeah. I was like, that's really good. I've Look, never. Sh- yeah, I was like, that's the. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's the first time I ever heard someone say that, and that was amazing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I sat in this dude's office, and I think I've told the story before about how I went in to buy a prom ticket after I graduated from Alternative, and he got like super in my face about it because I looked like a school shooter, obviously, with my mohawk and stuff like that. Uh, but he was like, like I went in to buy a prom ticket, cool. dude. Right, that's true. Yeah, I love, will look way too nerd. cool to be a fucking school shooter. They all look like dweebs. Your hair was like greasy and yeah. flat right over your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I went to buy a prom ticket, and he walked in and kind of got in my face and was like, "How'd you get in here?" And I was like, "I just fucking walked in the front door." And he was like, "No one was there to stop you." And I was like, "No, I just fucking walked in." And then I explained to him that I graduated alternative, but I'm still technically a high school student here. And he was like, "No, you can't go to prom." And I was like, "Fuck you, dude!" I was like, "You, you and your fucking kids, yeah, you and your fucking kids swim at the pool I lifeguard at. Next time they fucking drown, I'm not jumping in. Yeah, I'm not jumping in to save them. Just kidding. But still, I sat in that motherfucker's office. Yeah, I sat in that motherfucker's (laughs) office for the first period, and then like he was like, "Work on other things." And I was like, "All right." So I just played The Sims on my iPod. Um, Cause like, er oh, the touch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every other class I had, I never had to try i just i was good at it like math is the only one that i just couldn't grasp uh, dead fucking numbers man i couldn't do it couldn't I do it was, i always remember that we had 400 people in our class because they give everybody their they gave everybody their gpas with their number out of the the graduating class like where your ranking was and yeah. i was like that's kind of fucked up I was like, what? <laughs> are we scoring ourselves and i was i'll never forget that i was exactly 100 out of 400 Damn. and i was like I'm happy with that. I was like, that's that fits in with my calculated mediocrity because yeah. I didn't try. No, yeah, I absolutely I, not. You know, and like it, this is something that I've only become more aware of as I've gotten older, but I, I definitely have uh ADHD tendencies. I'm yeah. not diagnosed, so I don't say I have ADHD, yeah. but I definitely have some of those tendencies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that did kind of fuck me up in school a little bit, but I was I knew enough and was smart enough to just like make up for it basically. Yeah. And I just didn't care if I got like a B, you know, like, Oh, awesome. Yeah. Rad, I, I was you know? the same way. I was, dude, I was <laughs> like, if, if I got a C in math, incredible. Amazing. Dude. And when I went to college, yeah. I was like, Oh, C, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. C's getting degrees, dog. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was, yeah, I like cried to get a C. I was so happy. I, I was uh, like, oh, I have to retake this class. I'm going to lose. <laughs> I guess, I, I don't know. I never, uh, I, I did well in school. I never really got into a lot of trouble. Um, surprisingly, I think the only time I ever got, I did a lot. Dude, the only time I ever got into like trouble, trouble at alternative school was, uh, one time 
when I was in the high school program, I left for lunch when I wasn't the right grade to do that. And I got the principal's fucking Mr. Storm. I almost said RIP to a real one. He's not dead. <laughs> um, uh, I have Mr. Storm, shout out to a real one. Like the only way I know how to shout yeah, out yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most people I respect are dead. So, um, uh, But uh, Mr. Storm, who was fucking an awesome principal, uh, he was great. He got fucking furious with me. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't think he'd get that mad. I'll never do that again. And then, and when I was in the middle school program, I might have told this story too, but I was in the middle school program. I didn't really get in trouble, but I got called a bully by the counselor. Um, she called me a silent bully, which was like, she was like, she was like, you're a silent bully. You like to fly under the radar with the teachers, but then you bully people you know in that level like that's just the best and, way to be a bully. dude yeah I, like I, you tell me i'm smart a smart bully but i don't but, know I mean, i'm pushing people in lockers the, like it's the 1980s. yeah yeah for real and the whole reasoning this happened which is not fucking true i didn't bully people like i had like younger friends that i picked on and shit like that i guess you may consider that bullying but like i would i would beat wholesale ass for them i have beat wholesale ass for those kids and i would any day of the week the only reason this happened was because this fucking kid, Brandon Tripp, RIP to a real one. Uh, we were actually, actually, actually RIP to a real one. Uh, we were on the bus, and this kid Corbin said some shit, and it pissed me off. I don't know what he said. He might have said it to one of my friends, because that's usually when I got into fights. He said it to one of my friends, and I was like, I basically was like, hey, motherfucker, like, you got something, you got a problem with him, you got a problem with me, we'll deal with it after school if we have to. And he was like, no, I was just joking, blah, 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 whatever. We go inside, we're done with school, or we go inside, school starts, and Brandon fucking Tripp goes to this kid Corbin, and is like, hey, man, you're just going to let snacks and punk you like that? If you don't do something about it, I'll fight you after school. And Corbin was like, I guess I'll do something about it. So Brandon Tripp comes to me and is like, hey, yeah, comes to me and is like, hey, Corbin wants to fight you after school. And I was like, all right, cool, let's go. And then goes back to Corbin and is like, Braxton said he's going to kick your ass after school. And it was just a whole back and forth thing. And then the end of the day comes and I get called into the fucking counselor's office and Corbin is in the counselor's office on the phone with his grandma like, hey, grandma, I bucked up to this kid at school and he wants to fight. and I don't want to fight. Can you come pick me up? Uh, and that's when I got the talking to by Miss fucking Dixon, our counselor, where she was like, you're a silent bully. You fly under the radar. I'm like, what? Dude, I think what that lady was just so excited to be like, I'm right. I get to do but... something. Yeah. 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 Other than shit like that, nothing happened at alternative school. Like there weren't really any fights ever. Like there were, there was a few altercations, but no one ever really got into fist fights. The most exciting thing that happened that year. And I say exciting is I was sitting at a fucking lunch table not a lunch table. We had a town hall meeting where we all talk about the school. We were getting ready to do that. It was me, my friend Seth, and my friend Ricky. And this fucking teacher left her walkie-talkie on the table. And for some reason, I don't know why, my friend Seth grabbed it and said, there's a guy with a gun and sets the walkie-talkie down. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Not good. I was like, uh, that he did that. And I was like, ooh. I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to talk our way out of this one. You're and, like, I'm not sure I will be seeing you yeah, anymore. Dude, yeah, dude, yeah. And so, <laughs> it, but Seth was the kind of person who could fucking talk his way out of any situation. So we're sitting there. And then Bob, the teacher who's actually retiring tomorrow, uh, he worked at the high school side. Big fucking dude. He's like seven feet tall, just huge as fuck. He comes in just 
a barrel and then storming in like he's about to beat some ass and he looks around he's gonna he, punch dude anyone yeah with anyone gun, anyone with a gun <laughs> what and, a and uh we get called into the principal's office, or not the principal's office we get called into the teacher who left the walkie-talkie on the Literally table more powerful than the entire dude yeah a hundred percent yeah um and he in the teacher miss mcginnis was like looked at all three of us and was like guys what the fuck and that's the first time we ever heard a cuss so we were like oh shit and she was like what the fuck did you say and seth was like i said something about having some fun and i guess they met him must have misheard me and i was and he got away with it dude she she was like you guys need to set an example for the younger kids don't fuck around anymore and he was like got it and that was yeah yeah so sorry so sorry uh and that and he just got away with it and didn't get in any trouble i was like that is fucking baffling to me that you are able to just talk your way out of any situation my uh sister and i got oss uh in the same week pretty much yeah i uh i got in trouble a decent amount of times to be honest i got oss in high school and then a few iss's in middle school damn dude i never got iss ever i was dude people want to beat my ass that's fair you know yeah that's it you're a little you are you are a little guy i will say that you're like you're not like short you're just like you're you're tiny you're like you're you're you don't you're not a long time i was only like i mean for all of school i was like five two oh yeah yeah that was my max height and then i grew like nine inches in two years there you go that's way to do it uh, I, uh, there was a bunch of incidents of people, a f- you know, a few times I mouth off, someone swings on me. Yeah. I win because they got in trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever. I get walloped on the head. That'll happen. Yeah, it, it, yeah. You will have that on the big jobs. It will. Uh, <laughs> there was the one time I got OSS in high school, I was really pissed off about because they were playing. It's so dumb. It's such a dumb story. It's not cool at all. They were playing hacky sack in front of the door to the classroom that I needed to go in because yeah. it was like between classes. And I was I was walking into the classroom as they kicked it because they were just blocking it. They weren't like going to move or anything. Yeah. And uh, I snagged it the hacky sack as I was walking through just because it was kicked in front of me. And fucking this one guy grabs me by like the back of the neck. And I have a real bad thing about touching uh, dude, my neck. Yeah, that would like, piss me when off. When I was in elementary school, there was an incident with a teacher because they kind of touched me there, and I like, I like fucking p- was really pissed yeah. off about it. And my, and my parents were like, "Why put your fucking yeah? Hand don't put your fucking hands on my, hand my kid." Neck. So he put it, he grabbed me by the back of the neck, and it was like as I was going through a door. So and it like so I was kind of like stuck against it, and I mean it was pretty much pure reflex. I just slapped the piss out of him. I yeah. just one real quick slap, yeah. like faster than he could have imagined. I'm sure. And, and I was like, I was ready for it to be done. I, he like, he let go of me. I dropped the hacky sack. I was like, all right. That was, I was like, don't you fucking put your hands on me again. Yeah. And he was like, what the fuck? You're going to really hit me in the face? Dude, like, oh, my that. God. And I, and I was like, I'm in This trouble. fucking Let's guy. And, and like my, you know, the teacher, one of the teachers, the physics teacher comes and gets me. He's cool. Honestly, he got me a job later. He didn't have any job. Nice. He puts me in another room and they're sitting for a while. I'm like, just waiting. I was like, oh my God. This yeah. So this is fucking dumb. And they're like, I, I tell him what happened. And I was like, no, I don't care. I just like, he grabbed me by the neck. That's just what I'm going to do. Yeah. I've always done that my whole life. And, uh, they gave him a week of ISS, and they gave me a week of OSS. What's the and difference? My parents were like, "Oh, out of school suspension." Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my parents were like, "Okay." So I picked up all my homework on Monday, Dude. and I just chilled for the week. That they didn't lit. give shit because they were like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah, you grabbed yeah. my son. Yeah, that sounds lit, yeah. dude. 
It was, yeah, it was pretty tight. I, I never got in trouble for like, I never got in trouble for fighting. I was always really good about handling my business outside. Wait, of I school. didn't tell my sister got uh, suspended because she stole uh, <laughs> to New York. <laughs> uh, dude, Lame. so like it was funny because she was in New York when I did this. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to eat shit for this. Yeah, and, yeah. And then I, my sister was like, they were hiding from you that I got suspended from high <laughs> school, too. <laughs> oh, that's so they, tight. They had a thing where there's a few times where my sister did something so stupid, my family hid it from me so Fair. I wouldn't make fun of her so hard about it. Like, for example, microwaving her cell phone. <laughs> like, I, they, they tried to keep that a secret from me until I fucking figured it out. Oh, that's so They knew tight. I would razz her too hard. Uh, hell yeah. Uh, deserved it. She yeah. microwaved her fucking phone. Yeah, you can't not shit. fucking... You don't just do that and not get made fun of for it. My, I, would yeah. get, I would get relentlessly fucking bullied. Oh. Like, when Dude, I... It was so funny. She, she dropped it in the pool she remembered that my dad had put like the same thing had happened to him and he would put his phone in the oven at like a hundred degrees like yeah. as low as the oven will go yeah she and i know exactly when they <laughs> told me i was like i know exactly what she was thinking <laughs> she thinks that microwave is just a small oven. yeah she it, thinks it makes food <laughs> hot the exact same way as an oven <laughs> Oh, and man. she put her fucking phone in there. It died in like eight seconds after sparking oh, horribly. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that's yeah, incredible. That yeah, you don't do something oh, like funny. that and not get fucking relentlessly. You should be made bullied. fun of. Like my dumb, brother, dumb. I, well, you think microwaves are oven. Yeah, you what's wrong with anything? you? I think my brother, <laughs> one of my brothers, one of my brothers put like ramen noodles in the microwave with no water and never lived it down. I blew up the toilet oh, with a yeah. firecracker, and I have not lived that down to this day. Dude, like, a lot of yeah. people underestimate how powerful fireworks and water dude, are. I, it like, really, yeah, damage. damage. Yeah. And I was because I was, dude, I was baffled. I was baffled that like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know exactly what it, it was. happened. Was it those I, little red dynamite. Oh sticks? yeah, of course yeah. it was water dynamite, dude. Of course <laughs> dude. it was. <laughs> those things humbled so many children i know exactly i blew up a container i wasn't supposed to with one of those two I, I was like that much water no yeah, way yeah they are fucking no they, they they got some force behind them which was un, yeah. i was unaware as a kid um <laughs> But that, I mean, that's, I got, I got in a lot of trouble outside of school. Like I always was fucking around and oh, like yeah. doing, I, like I was pretty good about handling my business. Like if I, like if I had a problem with somebody and I needed to fight them, it was always, we're either going to meet at this time and we're going to do it there. Or if I see you out in public, like it's fair game. And I think the only time I've ever gotten into, I don't even know if I would call it, uh, the only time I ever like got into an altercation within school grounds was one time i fought some kid in the locker room and then the other time in like sixth grade there was this kid who was kind of like kind of got bullied a lot and in turn he would try to bully me because i was really fat and so he would like call me twinkie uh, a lot I so i like remember what and i didn't really bother like, me trash, yeah man. i was like i was like Dude, i'm <laughs> like i'm i know i'm fat like this is not news to me so and i remember one time we were in the hallway and i just like had a really bad day and he kept calling me it over and over and over again and finally I like slapped his books out of his hand and like put my forearm against his neck into the brick wall and was like, if you call me it again, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And he never did it. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's all it now, takes. The, you know, the school districts where I was in, like, you couldn't get away with doing too much physical. Yeah, there wasn't a yeah. lot of 
uh, uh, I every time it happened with me, it, one time I got, dude, one time, uh, I'll never forget this. I fucking, this orchestra teacher did not like me, uh, and I was in her orchestra for three, all three years nice. of middle school. Nice. So it's like, you're <laughs> tough. <laughs> um, and sh- there was, they were like throwing water bottles around, and I, th- I threw one to uh, a guy, and he didn't see it, and it like hit him in the arm. And he was like, ow, you know, uh, okay. And like 15 minutes later, they're like, Maverick, can you come here? Oh, my And God. I'm like standing in the uh, hallway with the vice principal. I'm getting in school <laughs> suspended. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Apparently, he'd like gone. To the, he was like, hey, can I get an ice pack for my arm? Oh, of the water you bottle? fucking pussy. And I was like, I'm like, dude, I wasn't like yeah, overhand like, yeah. eating that thing. And I was like, it's a wa- Oh my god! I'm like, you fuck, dude. I I could say his name. I know exactly. Who <laughs> I still remember. I was like, you little pussy, dude. <laughs> you little god. bitch. But I was like, anywhere else, I don't think I, any other teacher. I was like, I don't think I would have gotten in trouble. That been... was nothing, dude. Was, it was an accident. I think the only reason I didn't get in as much trouble is because one, alternative school teachers were really lenient. They were like, I understand how it is to be a kid. The only time I ever got serious detention was in the eighth eighth grade because I had to take Adderall for you know the ADHD and I used the- yeah the old ADHDs and I used to just pocket it because I didn't like the way it made me feel. And it fell out of my pocket one day in science class when I got up to go to the nurse's office and fell in my seat. And the kid next period found it and gave it to the teacher. And it oh, okay. found it and get, yeah, it would have been That's really good. bad. Yeah, That's it's good. good. Hey, wow, responsible good kid. Yeah. Responsible kid. Um, I was I, like, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he gave it to the teacher. And while I was in the nurse's office, because I had a headache or whatever, she was like, I got called to the principal's office. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? So I went down there and she was like, what's this? And held up a pill. I was like 12. I was like, oh, that's my Adderall. Like, I... Yeah, I that, she was like that. Yeah, I was like, that's my Adderall. I'm supposed to take it, but I don't like the way it makes me feel. And she was like, "Oh, so you're not selling it?" I was like, "Who would buy this? Who would buy this?" Like, you're like, "Wait, you can sell these? Yeah, you can sell these?" So she called my mom, which was like the worst thing she could possibly do because my mom was pissed off that I wasn't. She was paying for it and I wasn't taking it, and I got detention. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, you fucked me for a completely different reason. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Son of a bitch. yeah. So uh, she was like, yeah. Yeah, she was like, I won't suspend you because your mom corroborated your story, but you probably should go get you. She sent me to detention, but like alternative school, I accidentally kicked my friend Zach. Never easy. happened to me. It, it, I, I never had easy. it. I didn't even know if they did it at my school. They just school. went straight to like, ISS, dude. Dude, there was no middle ground. I mean, it really was like you just get detention and or fuck you, you get ISS. ISS and I, yeah, in my school, it was it was detention. It was detention, ISS, then OSS. That was the hierarchy of punishments or like expelled. Yeah, no. Um, but I mean, in alternative school, there was one time I walked in and I had like science for the first block of the day, and my friend Zach just like would not shut up, and I was having a really bad morning, and I went to kick him in the arm. And I, he like ducked and I kicked him square in the face and I felt so bad. And I was like, I was like, Zach, I'm so sorry. He was like crying and everything. I was like, oh my God. And Zach was like the, the sweetest and nicest kid ever. Just like kind of annoying sometimes, but who isn't at that age? And I was just like, I felt so bad. And my, my science teacher came out and was like, what happened? And I was like, I actually kicked him in the face. I had like steel toed boots on too. I was like, I actually kicked him in the face. I feel really like bad. That sentence, dude. Like being a teacher. Yeah, like, yeah. God. He's just like, God, he's like, this is like when my kids 
fight and one of them accidentally gets hurt. He was like, just don't do it again. He was like, Zach, are you fine? Zach was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then Zach cried a little bit more. And then the first sentence he said to me afterwards was, I said something. And he was like, that's what she said. And I was like, right. I was like, we're friends again. All right. <laughs> He's like, well, we're, we're, good. we're good to go. My, my science teacher had a green room who we're almost certain he grew pot in. But uh, he had these palm leaves. And, he, I mean, if you've seen a dead palm leaf, it's like you can fold the actual leaf part in, and it's got those spikes on it that, like, extend out, and it's got the little thorns on it. And we used to take those, and you would hold each other's hands, and you would hit each other as much as you could until the other person gave up. And that's what we did in our pastime at school. And they just let it happen. Yeah, it's dumb as fuck. What do you think of the Barry episode? Um, Let's get it in. Dude, fucking... It was good. It was really good. Hey, a lot happened. We got to hand it to Bill Hader. Every time we think we know what's going to happen, we're wrong. Yeah. He, he made Gene Cousinow better than yeah. he thought he was. Uh-huh. True. He thought he was shit, and then he was like actually there to not make uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. And the Fuchs reveal was fucking insane. Oh, I was like, damn. Phenomenal. I was like, that's a hard man right there. That is a, yeah. When, Jesus when Christ. He, uh, when it when he's like staring at the woman and then it cuts to him just the coffee the yeah car. the coffee girl yeah I was like holy Trouble. shit I was like damn I was like he is he is well connected now and then Noho Hank has an entire like Fortune five Fortune five hundred company yeah which is fucking insane it is it makes me sad that he called it like he called it Noho Ball yeah and, like, yeah has the crystal ball statue everything. I don't know really weird i was I, really surprised by i don't know i think because he has yeah he has the statue of cristobal and he has all of like the biography of how him and cristobal started this company or whatever um i think it's the fact Which that also they were illegally importing that yeah, sand i yeah. cannot understand how they could advertise yeah that, yeah, yeah. You know? I, don't, I mean it's one of those things it's like you just be as vague as possible yeah um, yeah. But I think he's like, I don't know, I yeah, obviously Cristobal still loves, or I'm sorry, Hank still loves Cristobal. It was just one of those things where he was like, this is the price of business. I have to, like, there was no way that Cristobal was going to live and not be in this business with me. He could not, he knew too much, he he had too many connections, yeah. he couldn't have, he couldn't just have just left. I don't know, could he not have told Cristobal that? Right? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I get his I get his understanding of like Cristobal wouldn't go for it and, and no matter what Hank said, Cristobal would always be like, No, we can we can do this our own way. There's always a way that we can do this for ourselves and not for, you know, the Chechenians, but I don't know. He, he definitely had yeah, Chechens, yeah. He's like he definitely could have told them him though, like at least giving him a heads up. And everybody knowing that he sanded those people is kind of, is really nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuchs. I, I just I, I just love Fuchs in yeah, the back of the, the show. Raven, now. Dude, like, yeah, the Raven, dude. Yeah. So I love they made the coffee lady put the Raven. Yeah, the on Raven cup. on the coffee cup. And I love like like I said. Well, sometimes I'll watch the like you know next week on whatever at the end of the episode. And Barry, they don't oh, give you want. they don't give you a sneak peek. They just give you like a scene. So like last episode. The 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 scene they gave you was the gun disassembled on the bed when Sally was oh. supposed to be putting it together, and then this one after this episode, it was just a bunch of like Fuchs's fucking entourage standing around the property that Cristobal put him up in. So it's obvious he hasn't gone anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like Hank's like this deal is over. I was like yeah, no no, no. <laughs> like, this man is. I'm like, I'm like do you have muscle? Because yeah, he has the he has a ton of muscle. Of muscle. Yeah, a ton of muscle. Uh, the 
This episode did cement uh, Sally as the worst human being. The worst, being. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, you. Po-, she just like almost poisoned her child. Yeah, like, put like a ton so of vodka, vodka in his juice. Yeah, horrible. And, like w- he didn't wake up through the house, fucking being like tipped over almost. That was pretty serious. Yeah, and I really liked that he couldn't tell if that was a nightmare or not. Uh huh. That's a, because, uh, like that guy following her was fake. Yeah, you know. And I was uh, like, dude, I don't know, because I saw that I not- hearing him say the like same stuff that she did when she killed that one guy. Yeah, and I was like, I because I, I heard that and I was like, or I saw that and I was like, is this a real person? And then she shuts the door and I'm like, no, it's not. And then the the yeah. stuff starts happening and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like no. I was like, what is going on? Um, and then the dude runs into the house with a truck and I'm like, oh shit, so this is real. Like this is very real. And then her son waking up to her on the phone being like, Barry, you need to come Thing home. Barry, yeah, yeah. Barry, multiple times. Like, he's going to have some fucking questions. Dude, she's horrible. She can't even, she got, I, I, that cut was really funny. And like, he always jams in the funniest scenes in the middle of yeah. misery. But uh-huh. like, you want something to eat? And then it cuts to like the fire alarm yeah, going so I, off. I was like, I was like, I was like, Sally, the house is smoking right now. And then he like pushes away. She's like, I worked really hard on that. Like, like, it's like toast what are you talking about she just i when reagan and i were talking about it i was not this episode the last episode i was like is this sally's kid like that's they dude adopt this kid she hates i don't know well i mean this time i'm pretty sure that yeah it is her it is for sure her kid and i had my dad in the beginning i was like is this her kid like or did they just like i i couldn't see them adopting a kid Unless it was like vital somehow, because like yeah. how would they? Yeah. How would they get yeah. their hands on a kid like that? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, but also like it doesn't surprise me that Sally hates this kid because she hates her life, and her this kid is a reason why she can't. She believes she can't leave, but she can. She has the the she has the means to leave, but you know, still a piece of shit. Um, I guess she is in legal trouble. Yeah, now. Yeah, she is now. But when she left, she wasn't right. I don't know. I, I no, no, because she I she could. They, they weren't closing in on on the guy that he killed. No, right. No, uh-uh. she. Killed. Yeah, no, she. No, they weren't. And and he was just some fucking low. Oh, he even said like the said like oh you don't have to worry about it. I buried that. Guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They have no clue. Yeah. But also. If she were to go back and be like, oh, I've returned, you know, the authorities would be like, you either tell us where Barry is or we're going to lock you up for an accessory to aiding and abetting a criminal or fugitive. Yeah. Um, and she could play the card of like, oh, well, it's I been mean, eight years. You can't really be like, I mean, you can. I don't know. Nobody don't know. knows. Nobody knows right now, as far as I and we haven't seen any implications of it, that Sally is with Barry. I don't think anybody cares even that Bear- Sally's gone, but they don't. I haven't seen anyone say like they know Sally's with Barry, right? I don't so know. She could just walk off and be in the clear. Yeah, she could. I also feel like people are just a, would just assume that you know Sally goes up and missing, Barry's escaped, they're together because they you know were together before this happened. I, I could be wrong. I think that's just me making assumptions of what people would think, but it definitely uh definitely could be that people don't really give a shit about Sally because what Dude, who is she to the story? So sad. Like as soon as Barry's gone, you know, she hates Barry pretty much effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as she's gone, you know, something dangerous happens because of her own like self-destructive. Yeah. I mean, not blaming her, but she, I don't know, tried to kill that guy uh-huh. or something and then got him fired. Yeah. Uh, 
And I guess that is her fault. That's just her fault. We yeah. can blame her for she that. Was, yeah, she it's... was stealing, and she blamed him for it. So yeah. it's definitely and, her fault. And, uh, you know, he, he was maybe uncouth, but he didn't deserve any of yeah, that. Yeah, no, he all. wasn't. He, he was definitely like, he. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's not that he was... He was he was you pretty know, grimy. Feet, yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, but but like as soon as you know that's happening, she's like, "I want Barry back," and she always wants to leave Barry. But like, I guess as soon as I, some I think, shit, I, th- I think it's just that Barry, like, she probably feels safe with Barry because of how powerful he is. Yeah, and oh, that's yeah. rooted in her trauma with her relationships and her. I think her mom yeah. right yeah yeah I, and, so, and i and and because her mom is fucking psychotic oh her mom is awful fucking I love psychotic that dude dude it felt so real when she was like uh mom we need to do this and her mom's like well we i can't work with you if you're gonna be delirious dude, oh. like, I, <laughs> I was like that's so real uh-huh. <laughs> it's just straight to 11 and, like, and like and and i mean that's yeah. something that only comes from having living a life with a mom that's like that where it's like yeah the whole time yes. you've tried the whole i'm gonna be calm and be like i'm not being this but the only thing that gets response is you turning it up immediately to 11 so yeah uh, but it, all they can hear all they can hear <laughs> yeah and it, and it still goes the wrong way for you because they're just like oh now you're gonna yell and and be crazy yeah it's a fucking vicious yeah. cycle but <laughs> dude yeah and then the, so. the ending where fucking janice's uh janice's dad takes barry oh so hold on we also we also confirmed so i guess kusa now shot his kid and just fucked off and yeah didn't just talk left to him didn't talk he to didn't him. talk to him yeah shot him and oh left my god and but you were right he shot him in the shoulder yeah. he didn't die i think it wasn't I, even dangerous i think you know? the, i think the biggest the factor of that was that it wasn't a fatal shot like if he had shot his kid and like his kid was on like life or support something? or something yeah. kusnow wouldn't have left he would have you know but the fact that he figured out that he shot him in the shoulder it wasn't life-threatening he was like okay he's not gonna die my grandson's gonna be taken care of i can leave um yeah but still you should probably apologize before you leave for but, shooting your yeah, kid dude, i forgot all about that barry getting grabbed i was like that that guy is just like all I gotta do is leave the door open. Yeah, Barry goes straight for it. He's so fucking stupid. Fucking <laughs> like, oh one of the only characters that are one step ahead of Barry. Dude, uh, he's like a, yeah. kind of a lot of steps ahead of Barry. That's true. You know? Yes, he is. It's just like the only reason he didn't like win was because of those assassins fucking everything up. Uh, like, uh, well, actually, I guess if they hadn't fucked it up, he might have gotten out on Witsec. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely would have gotten out on Witsec because he was. But if he did, I bet he could have found him in gas. You know, I'm so excited now. Like him ending in the garage, I am so excited. I I wonder how he's gonna if if he does how Barry's gonna get out of this. I mean, because I don't think I don't think her her dad's gonna call the police. He's like, no. No, I was like, I'm gonna take care of this because you've gone you you've been gone for eight years. You're not getting away again. I have you now. I did, and that reminds me. It's like when. Kusanau, they were like, "Why'd you leave Kusanau?" And we were supposed to protect you. And he's like, "Do you know where Barry is?" Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah valid oh, point. Valid okay. point. No, but you know, we lost him yeah. eight years ago. How? How do you lose? You son of a bitch! You fucking idiot! How do you lose <laughs> such a prolific fucking assassin? Um, and he's you, you know six and a half feet tall. He looks like yeah. Him, he's a know? very very fucking distinguishable guy. 
Um, I mean, I guess I get it. He doesn't leave. I'm just curious as how they're fucking, they've been paying their bills and so on. Like, I guess on Sally's salary, dude. Well, we've seen them with, um, bags of cash. Yeah, that's true. He probably had some savings, some stash somewhere. Yeah. Like they're probably on limited income. Yeah. That's why Sally has to work. But also maybe Sally just wants to work because she'll baja blaster. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the house. She hates her child uh-huh. and her husband. Um, I mean, she you... got the greatest life. No. That sounds like a terrible fucking life. It does sound pretty bad. And it's funny because she could have just stayed and been an actress or a coach, a coach. for a, a four-movie special uh-huh. mega hero. And she blew and it. she, she fucking just away. ran away with Barry. I wonder how he would have reacted, though, if she was like, I'm not going with you. Which I, is, I, I, dude, I can't predict what's going to happen. No, me neither. I have no idea how the season's going to end. I don't know who's going to live. I don't know who's going to die. Isn't there? I don't know how Barry's gonna survive the next thirty minutes no. of the show. Is there? There's one more episode left, isn't there? Uh, I thought there was. Oh, I thought, is there? How many episodes? I don't honestly remember how many episodes in we are. It's like we're in like episode six, right? Or something. To be honest, I'm not quite sure. Uh, uh, Barry season four should have eight. Uh, which episode just aired? Oh, we're at uh, season. We're at I think episode six. Just watched episode yeah. six. Yeah, May fourteenth, twenty twenty three. So we have two more episodes until the end of the season. And I, I'm pretty sure the last one's just going to be thirty minutes as well. Unless they fucking yeah, I don't see why Stranger Things are like a two hour yeah, last episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see how they would, why they would make, why Bill Hader would be like, yeah, let's make an hour long episode now uh, to wrap everything. It'd be awesome. Up. It would be cool. I would, I would not hour. be against it, you know, because Bill Hader listens to this podcast and we're giving you movie advice because we're two big guys in the movie down. industry. So write that down, figure it, it out. Nine episodes across the whole series. That's kind of nuts. I it, hope he does more. He's gonna go down in history, dude. It's a perfect show. Yeah, Barry I think is, the I think the finale is gonna be nuts. Like whatever happens, it's gonna be nuts. Barry is one of the best shows I've ever seen. It is it is right up there with what we do in the shadows, where I can say Every there episode. are no bad episodes. There might be some boring episodes, but they aren't bad in the slightest. There are no oh, bad and, episodes and they're in necessary. Barry. Yeah, and they're Definitely and they're necessary. they're a hundred percent necessary. Like it's not a minute of that show that's wasted, dude. Yeah, it's like when I think it was the last season, I believe. Whenever the it came, the whatever season came out the same time the last season of Game of Thrones came out. Um, I was watching oh. both. Yeah, uh, I was watching both, and like Barry had me more on the edge of my seat than fucking Game of Thrones yeah. ever did. I was like, this is fucking insane. And like awesome. we like we've said before, like the 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 comedic parts and like such dark scenes and like how raw and very realistic the combat is, um fucking insane. It's insane. insane. It's, it's like it kind of feels like if Atlanta had a like a cohesive plot. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a scene exactly as weird and surreal and like hilarious and brutal and scary just uh-huh. i don't know such a cool genre and I'm, i can't wait for bill Hader's fucking horror series yeah i, think it's I series dude i am so curious how that is going to a movie? either or a movie it's i'm gonna movie. i'm watching it immediately it is it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be at the nuts. top of my fucking list dude yeah. at the top of my wait. list he's uh, so good at filming oh yeah like, he's such a fucking great director I love how I was, like how Barry looks. Oh yeah, I was gonna watch the new episode last night, but uh, I was like, uh, let's see what shitty horror movie I can watch. 
um, and ended up watching Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. And it's got terrible views. I'm going to tell you that right now, like most Resident Evil movies. <laughs> but I, I was baffled. I, I guess I get it. Is that, is that raccoon stuff and Project Zomboid a reference to this? What? Like, there's tons of raccoon, like, m- merch things. I, in- I don't know if the raccoon and Project Zomboid is a reference to Resident Evil. It might be. I know the mods that we have on our server that we find. Some of the stuff we find is, like, raccoons. Like, I, like it right now, while we're our server, I have a Raccoon City Police Department best one, and that's from a mod I downloaded. But I don't know oh, if Spiffo... It's the, it's the of the developers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Still, I mean, that's a pretty good fucking coinkydink. Yeah. That is um, weird, yeah. But I did watch most of Welcome to Raccoon City because I wanted to go to bed. But uh, I am just... It, it is more in line with the games than the Resident Evil series. And I'm just baffled. I'm like, they actually did it. Like, the acting's a bit rough here and there. And, like, the special effects are eh. But I'm like, I don't know. If I saw this versus fucking Resident Evil Extinction where they're like... Uh, you know, doing 360s off the side of a bus and fucking running on walls. I, I would probably watch Raccoon City. Welcome to Raccoon City uh, over that. What? Because when I, I haven't followed Resident Evil. Not, I, wait. Because the movies oh, yeah. have nothing to do with the games. The series, nothing. Absolutely nothing to do with the games. It is, they're their own independent thing. It makes no fucking sense. When I first watched them, I was like, this has, I, don't I was like, think I knew that. what am I, I watching right now? Dude, it is. It is fucking bonkers. Like you watch so many Resident Evil games, dude. Holy shit! Oh yeah, there's a ton of games. There's a ton of games, a ton. Like you watch the movies and you watch like the the series movies and you're like, what the fuck is? And the movies are unrelated. That's crazy. And you get sucked into them because you're like, this is so bad. I'm gonna continue watching this. And they do. The story is nothing like the games from what I've gathered, because uh, there's so many games, but the characters are all there. You got, like, Leon and Ada and stuff like that, uh, and the acting's a little subpar. Like, Ada's character cannot deliver a line with any kind of emotion to save her life. Um, but, you know, it'd be like this sometimes, I guess. But it definitely do be like this sometimes. But I, I just, I was like, man, I can't believe the fucking people prefer this over the uh, the the prefer the resident evil series over welcome to raccoon city baffled me but they are all kind of terrible so i get it i guess okay uh i won't watch any no of them, yeah I'm don't sure yeah i don't watch enough movies anymore to want to watch shitty ones that's fair that one i did i tell you about watching that fucking i did i told you about watching that uh, Megan Fox movie, the wrong movie, just like on accident. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't tell me on the pod though. You told her why we were playing games. Yeah, man, what was that movie called? Fuck. Uh, I could find. Hold on. It was. What was Thad? What was Thad's name? Thad's cat. Oh, Thad Castles. I forgot. The, I forgot the actor's name. Alan Richson. Okay, Alan Richson. Alan Richson was in the movie with. Was that movie? Shut my door real quick while you look this up. I like him as an actor, though. Above the, okay. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. The movie is called Above the Shadows. Above the what Shadows. Was the, okay, so let me see what happened here. Because what was the Megan Fox movie <laughs> that I was supposed to watch? So my basically, what I was doing. Um. Action movie. It was, was I was going. I was going on 
Oh, oh, I think it was Rogue. I think I was going to watch Rogue. I was on Hulu. I was like, I'm just going to watch the first movie I see that has a gun on the cover. There you go. It was Megan Fox's Rogue. I was like, all right, fuck it, you know? Um, and I turn on the movie. I go to I go to Rogue. I type it in. I click on it. It's play the movie. I'm watching it. And it's it's the Olivia Thur- Thurlby. Have you ever heard of her? No. He hasn't done a lot. Which honestly. wait, which movie is her? The he, she's uh, in Above the Shadows. Okay, Olivia Thirlby. Okay. So, so I'm watching it and we're following her story and she is a lady that is um okay. she she gets forgotten by her family, so she turns invisible to everybody. Nice. Like she's so she gets a job becoming a tabloid photographer because nobody can see her. She That's just walks around. You. That's pretty tight. Yeah, like Spider Man. She oh, walks okay. around and takes pictures. Because she'd be right in front of him taking the picture. Um, and I watch it and I'm like, okay, cool. I don't really get when Megan Fox is going to show up with a gun in this movie. <laughs> and, then, and then this girl meets Thad Castle and it turns into like kind of a sports romance movie, but also like because he's the only one who can see her. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, I mean, this is kind of a neat concept. And I was like, again, though, how will Megan Fox yeah, carry where? a gun in this movie? And, I looked at um, the cover of Rogue and it like looks like she's in like Desert Storm. So I can imagine yeah. just watching this and being like, when are we going to get to the Middle oh, East in, in and, gunfights? And I'm like, when is Megan Fox in the movie? So then she meets Thad Castle. He is his ex, because he was like a fallen from grace uh, boxer. Yeah. His ex in the movie is a model played by Megan Fox. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, oh, wait a minute. It's <laughs> like, okay, I don't know how the, how the fuck is she going to have a gun? They're taking forever to introduce yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. When is she going to start shooting people? I'm like halfway through it and I'm like, there's this doesn't make any sense. And I I back out to show Reagan the movie I'm watching and it had like I she saw me going it comes out and it just takes me to above the shadow and I was like what the fuck is this and I, that's why I made it like halfway through that movie and then and then by then I was like well I mean shit I'm hooked let's see what happens in the, this movie the amount of times you've accidentally watched a movie is is not it, it's not uh, it hasn't happened a lot but it's weird it's happened twice with you like going yeah, to see everything yeah. everywhere all at once and watching men and being like what the fuck is this <laughs> uh, speaking of bad movies this I w- one was so weird because of how it connected yeah like, yeah with megan fox, fox you're like because because and it wasn't even my fault hulu just did that halfway through the movie you're like this isn't the movie i think i'm watching and then megan fox shows up and you're like okay well maybe this is the yeah. movie that i think i'm watching <laughs> um uh, spe- it was it, honestly a decent movie really it's a little cheesy above the shadows yeah. was a little cheesy but it was like kind of an easy story it was fun it was fine yeah. whatever i can't complain i never in a million years would have clicked on that movie i but. i love that dude thad castles as an actor but it sucks because every time i see him i'm like thad castles baby bad. yeah like he's jack reacher and i see like clips of jack reacher on my for you page where he's like being super badass and i'm like come on thad castle fucking do it get it um he has that, like hyperoids oh yeah dude that dude is fucking is, yoked like, out of his mind it is insane. yeah yeah he's got bananas. the fucking like classic like com- like magazine that is an american that. that is an all-american body right there if you like yeah, yeah absolutely I mean, assuming his steroids were sourced in america yeah, yeah. <laughs> um speaking of terrible films before we get started i watched one of the worst films i've ever seen in my entire life and that's saying a lot coming from me because i watch what? fucking garbage not the movie you just Dude, yeah about? i watch absolute garbage so we watched this movie called eminence 
Um, and the, the, the description on Amazon Prime was seemed interesting. It was like, a radio astronomers discover a mysterious signal in the deep sea that could contact with, be contact with extraterrestrials. After several terrifying manifestations threaten their beliefs, the team must fight to survive the ultimate evil. And so I was like, this sounds super interesting. And so we start watching it. And the concept itself, uh, it's kind of cool, um, I guess, I I suppose. But it's like the dude, so uh, I can't remember. What's the guy? His name is Michael Beach. He's been in like a handful of like, I guess, you know, I want to say bigger name stuff. King. Yeah, yeah, he was in and, Tulsa King and, and Mayor dude. of Kingstown. Yeah, dude, he he was in, you know, he's been in some pretty reputable shows and shit, um, and I like him as an actor, but he, they're on this boat, and they, oh, was he really? Oh, yeah, he was part of one of the other MCs, that's what I, I remember. You watched that. Yeah, that's, that's the show, yeah, cool. of course I did. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember, so they get on this boat, and it's like, Michael Beach and this other dude uh, is their boat. Michael Beach is like the operator of the boat. The guy, other guy owns it. This science group contacts him. Is like, we got this super cool signal. Let's go check it out. They get there. A lot of talk about Jesus because Michael Beach is like, this is what God is talking about when he says the end times are coming. And you're just like, all right, fucking chill out, dude. And then it hits like a kind of a varium situation where they're like trying to leave and they can't get out of this one spot in the ocean. The water's like really still. And then another boat that's their boat goes, pulls up next to him and uh, um, pulls up next to him and they get on it and a lot of weird shit happens. It's a cool concept, but the main actress girl, uh, not an ounce of acting in that blood. And I, and, and I, I say that because like I see people who are bad actors. And I'm like, you know what? A little practice. You could be good. Cannot. Every time she was in a scene, I was like, girl, what are you doing? And like, are there cue cards yeah. that you're just reading off of? Because like you are not convincing me. Your eyes yeah yeah you are you are not convincing me in the slightest like your facial expressions don't fucking match like it's crazy uh but it ended up being it's like the devil um wanted it it, it had to do with god and the devil and like he was like only two of you are gonna make it out of here blah 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 blah. it was it really if it was made by anyone else probably would have been a good movie but that girl fucking killed it for me i'm sorry she's only been in three movies and all three of them her husband is the director so um that's it he's like we yeah we read this like the 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 summary of it it was of of the director who is her husband and he's like whenever so it's he directs a movie it's always a family affair and it's like anytime you're at a job and like we're family here it's like that's gonna be the worst job you'll ever have like pretty much the worst yeah. job you'll ever have but uh every yeah. one of those people has a horrible home life uh-huh. if you see eminence on amazon prime don't watch it go ahead and give that one a skip yeah. uh well what are you covering this week uh do i go first you do i checked which is probably good because yours is longer um i was looking to see who i wanted to cover and i saw you said that yours was going to be long uh, or on the long side. So I was like, all right, well, I'll fucking, you know, try to find something that is not as long, which um, was kind of hard to do. I'm also like, I need to figure out the right buzzwords for looking up information on what we're cut, co- like, like finding topics on what to cover. It's hard. This one, especially is hard. this season, because like finding, I, like looking up crazy people in history, it's like, it doesn't give you trash. any. Yeah, trash. Man, it's trash. Yeah. I, 
like I said, uh, just the word never, I put that into Reddit and just, because I was like, I wanted to find someone who was like, this person never yeah. bathed. And I was like, sick, let's see what this guy's story is. There's one that I want to cover me. No, he actually turned out to be shit. He was like uh, this philosopher who like was really dedicated to being homeless and he would like fart and uh, upset other people's um, just a sermons all the time yeah but his whole thing was about but yeah like you find interesting people you just kind of like make you see if there's a story to it you yeah, know yeah exactly find it, the guy that's how i found that guy uh who shot um booth oh really some, yeah it was a po- it was something about how he castrated himself and i was like well let well, me read about, about yeah, this yeah let's so let's see what this guy's got and going then on. i was like oh my god this guy's been a psycho his whole fucking life uh the guy i'm gonna cover next week is I'm gonna. It's not even gonna be his whole life because I can't find that much information. It's gonna be about the last six years or so. Oh damn! I guess I might have to. Ongoing story about how he's uh, a relentless piece of shit. You know, I'm like that's something. You know, they just be anybody. I might have to put that in search never into like today. I learned to see if there's any information. Just for like a a you know a criminal maybe. Yeah, true, true. I'm picking the scar on my face. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, I got to to make it. If you don't know, I got my face scarred by a professional guy in at the tattoo convention, and now he's like, "If you want a scar to be raised, you got to pick the scabs." I was like, "Fuck yeah, you don't got to tell me twice." Pick the shit. Let's out go, of the brother. Scabs. Yeah, let's go. So today, today I am going to be covering um, Cassius Clay. Good oh, old, okay. yeah, good old Cassius Clay. Because you said That's that you, yeah, yours is going to be long. I looked him up. And I was like, okay, like I know a little bit about this, and also, you know, and I was debating on covering John Brown because you know Lawrence, Kansas. But I looked at his, you know, Wikipedia and other information. I was like, this is long as fuck. So I don't. I, I'm gonna have to like sit down and sift through this. To John Brown would be a good one. It would be a really I, I, actually, good one. I thought about. It. I mean, John Brown's a great example. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of historical figures you could do. Fucking Napoleon. Even, oh yeah, you know? shit like. That's he's a kind of a warmonger. I was trying to not do too much war. Yeah, stuff. that's exactly what I like. Uh, I was trying to if the person I was covering fought in a war. Yeah, that's fine. But if it was like the not main the right basis, yeah, not base. the right taste clusters exactly. But if it's like the main, like all, we're definitely going to cover more war stories for this season. But I don't want to. I don't want this entire season to be just stories about war. Um, so I'm going to cover Mr. Cassius Clay. So, Mr. Clay was born Cassius Marcellus Clay, October 19th, 1810, in Madison County, Kentucky. I wasn't sure if you were talking about fucking Not Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ali. No, I was like, no. I was waiting until now to yeah, ask. No, because huh? I had a feeling that maybe you were going to think that, because like, when I was looking up information, I had to like specifically put the in... annoying like, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Google. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, he was born in Madison County, Kentucky, to Sally Lewis and Green Clay. Uh, Cassius' father was one of the wealthiest planters in and slave owners in Kentucky and would also become a prominent politician. His entire family was pretty big in the political world. Uh, so, like I said, Cassius Clay's family was full of prominent political figures, and he would soon follow in their footsteps. And what set him apart from the rest was that he did not subscribe to the same ideals as his pro-slavery father. Uh, Clay attended Transylvania University, and which is a badass name. I would go there just for the name to say I went to Transylvania Absolutely. University. Uh, so he attended. It's just a wonder. Yeah, right. Um, incredible. 
so he attended Transylvania University and then he graduates from Yale in 19, or I'm sorry, 1832. Uh, it was at Yale that he heard abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison speak and fucking boy howdy did Garrison's word get Clay absolutely rock hard. Uh, he stated that Garrison's arguments were to him as, quote, as water is to a thirsty wayfarer. Um, he then becomes a staunch supporter of the uh, abolishment of slavery. The only difference between Garrison's views and Clay's views was that Clay was an incrementalist. He believed that the total immediate abolition of slavery was something that just wouldn't be possible, so he believed that gradual legal change would be the answer to doing away with slavery and would be more likely to be successful in the cause, uh, which... Yeah. No, dude, that's... I'm reading... I've been reading it for like two years, so it's kind of iffy to even say I'm reading it. Uh, but I'm reading this book that I immediately just blanked on the author about. Oh, W. B. Du Bois. Du Bois. He doesn't like it if you call him. You <laughs> really were supposed to call him Du Bois. Uh, he talked all about like what the state of discussion was that led basically led to the Civil War, and th- and it was a huge rift of like how fast did we do something and then as the war was happening and like they were accumulating at the time with you know slaves yeah they were like what what are we gonna do now like they it was a you know it's kind of this thing where we get taught about it in such a simplistic way that uh-huh. we're like free them yeah but it's not but at that the time it, yeah. they were like wait what are you sure that sounds nuts for yeah. us don't just let us go it, it, yeah it, it, like what in a time where uh, it, it is the that is the norm and that is something it's one of those things. It's like this is the way it's always been, and you can't just go and immediately change the way something has always it's been. So hard, yeah, it would be yeah. incredibly hard, incredibly hard. Like, yeah, I mean, a lot of you know, and a lot of it is based off of like at the time, you know, the freedmen's understandings of how white power is going to respond yeah. to challenges to its oh, yeah. authority and they're like we can't you don't want to spook it you know you gotta yeah. sneak up on it uh-huh. yeah. give us a little bit of education which, to start off with for real, never know. just just a little bit at a time which is uh you know is an it, such an interesting thing to think about too from that perspective of like it's very it's pragmatic it's sad yeah like, it's, it's very sad it's yeah bad, fuck yeah but like you know, it's just interesting to hear and, like how people were like, how can we fix this uh-huh. at the time? And thinking of like, obviously these people want to be free, but just immediately snapping your fingers and being like, oh, you're free, go out and do whatever. They don't have education, they don't have anything. Like there has to yeah, be steps that, in they've place. Never had, they've never had wealth. Yeah, whole, exactly. You know, yeah, that's damn. That is a crazy thing to think about how uh, it was implemented in increments. Um, yeah. No, it was, it's really interesting. Um, it's called, uh, oh, Southern Reconstruction, if anyone wants to try to read it. It is dense, man. It's taken me a long time to get through it. It is I super feel like, dense. I feel like something I was reading referenced Southern Reconstruction. It might have it been was, something It's very this. famous work that yeah, he did. Yeah, I, like it, the whole point that he wrote it was to address how at the time that was already developing the super revisionist understanding of why the Reconstruction failed, which was because white piss babies yeah. fucking killed black people all the time after the war was over and then then and then they were like oh look how terrible black people are ruling like what you the were just fuck? yeah terrorists yeah the, the entire time but he wrote this like with a be- like incredibly comprehensive sourced fucking like 850 page essay about Damn. like addressing all of that yeah and i'm only like 500 pages in after like a year and a half it's it just it's it's a 
you know, it's like a textbook, honestly. Yeah. It's not like a it's, it's it doesn't read like, like a narrative, yeah. but you learn a lot. It's it's super interesting book. Um I'm always baffled that, you know, there's people out there that can put things as complex as that into an understand an understandable I don't want to say story, but like an understandable book of being like, this is what happened and I can explain it to you to where you can understand yeah. it and you know what's happening. Um I forgot what the quote was, but it's like a smart person is not someone who knows about a lot of things. It's someone who can, who knows about stuff, but can also teach the same thing to someone else. Yeah. Um, just shows their level of understanding of it. Fucking bananas. But, uh, so he was an incrementalist early in, uh, Clay's political career. Hold on. He began working towards emancipation as a representative of the state of Kentucky, as well as one of the early members of the Republican party. He was elected to three terms in the Kentucky House of Representatives, but would lose the support of voters as he began to promote abolition more and more. Uh, His fiery support for the end of slavery not only costed him his seat as the representative, but it also earned him quite a few enemies, uh, which, no surprise, you know, Deep South these days full of white piss babies still full of white piss babies. (laughs) Um, Chock full. Yeah, chock full of them. So, um... Uh, yeah, I said the, an anti-slavery activist operating in the Deep South probably isn't going to be well received. So, in 1843, during a political debate, this day, yeah, <laughs> even today, this yeah, yeah. Um, in 1843, <laughs> during a political debate, he survived an assassination attempt when Sam Brown, who was a hired hitter, uh, fucking pulled out the glicky, and during the altercation, as Brown, um, so. As Sam Brown pulls his fucking mouse tool and is about to, and is shooting Cassius Clay, <laughs> Clay is un- instinctively pulling out this big ass fucking Bowie knife he's got on him, and he's pulling it out. And as he's pulling it out, the oh, the, yes. the scabbard or the sheath that it's in is tipped in silver. And as he's pulling the knife out, it pulls the sheath out with it, and fucking uh, Sam Brown shoots, and the bullet goes into the scabbard of the the Bowie knife. <laughs> And does not hurt Clay at all. Um, and, I do. The best way to do it is play it off like you did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Don't, don't tell it. anybody. Don't yeah. Flinch. Just start like attacking. Dude, mm. they would be like, oh. Dude, this dude, yeah, like this guy, this fucking <laughs> this John Wick. Right? My God, it's Jason Bourne. Um, <laughs> so, so it hits the silver tipped sheath, and uh, Clay, Cassius Clay, is fucking about that action. And despite being just shot at, uh, he takes, he tackles Brown, and with this big ass fucking Bowie knife, he helps Brown uh, part with a few facial features such as his nose, one eye, and possibly an ear before grabbing him and throwing him over an embankment. Um, oh, so, dude, yeah. Like, yeah, with the shits, dude. With the shits. You know that knife was sharp. You know he kept that knife fucking razor oh, sharp yeah. at all times. Oh, yeah. um, so fucking absolute Chad behavior, and we're, we're here for it. So uh, in 1845, Clay decides that just promoting his views on anti-slavery needs to be taken to the next level, and he starts, his own, he starts publishing a newspaper that focused on anti-slavery ideals and promoted abolishment uh, called The True American in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, the absolute fucking balls on this man to be doing all of this in an incredibly pro-slavery state is, you know really telling it's really fucking something to look at it obviously didn't take long before clay started receiving death threats within a month he was getting letters that called for his life to be taken and in response 
In response to this, Clay arms himself. He reinforces and armors the doors of his newspaper office, and he sets up two four-pound cannons inside. Um, which can you fucking imagine being inside and someone firing off two four-pound cannons indoors? Oh, no. goodbye to your hearing. <laughs> goodbye to every window in that place and your yeah. hearing. Um, unfortunately, though, shortly after, a mob of 60 men break into his office and they steal all of his printing equipment to ensure that he doesn't print this newspaper anymore. Uh, Clay is like, I'm just going to get more, but thanks, I guess. Um, so he ends up actually setting the publication center up in Cincinnati, Ohio, but he continues to live in Kentucky. Clay would go on to serve in the Mexican-American War as captain in the 1st Kentucky Cavalry from 1846 to 1847. He was a strong opposer of the annexation of Texas and the expansion of slavery into the Southwest, but he had volunteered because of Mexico's attempt to swipe good old Tejas. Um, so after all that, he continues his activism on the anti-slavery Nothing front. Nothing makes Americans more than when you steal something yeah, they for, stole. Yeah, fair right. That's what I was saying. <laughs> we stole that fairsy squaresies. You're not getting it How back. Fair you. I bought that from the French yeah. who stole it. Yeah. Stop <laughs> fucking talking about Texas. You're not getting it back. Just fucking drop it. Um, so, um... So after all that, he continues his activism on the anti-slavery front, and in 1849, he's giving a speech on abolition when the Turner brothers pull up six deep, and they're ready to fucking rock. So uh, they try to hit Clay with some slick shit, and a fight ensues. The Turner brothers attempt to beat, stab, and shoot Cassius, but as we said, he's about that fucking action. So during the brawl, using his trusty handy-dandy Bowie knife, Cassius fights off all six and manages to kill one of them in the brawl. Uh, a fucking G, dude. <laughs> he's like, I'm running out of grip to carve dude, for bodies real. into this thing. He's got like fucking 200 kills on I would that. like. I would just love to, like, that, that's a hard man right there. Like, just fucking. know that as soon as he, pull, like, he pulls it out fast. I feel oh, like dude. as soon as he... He whips it out. You're like, oh, oh man, no. he uses it. Just yeah, just the it. way he holds it in his hand. You're like, that yeah. man, that that knife well, has not left really that man's fast. hands. <laughs> Look, it wasn't even. He didn't make finger grooves. They, yeah, they just, just there. Yeah, from He's from like, wear and tear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in 1853, Clay ends up granting 10 acres of land to a friend by the name of John, um, John J, uh, not right, John G. Fee, who was an abolitionist who founded the town of Beret in Kentucky. I think that's how you pronounce that. But the town is still around. And in 1859, Fee founds the Beret College, making it open to all races, making it the first college in the southern United States to be racially integrated. Clay was a founding member of the Kentucky Republican Party and soon became a friend and supporter of Abraham Lincoln and would go on to support him for the presidency in 1860. For a very brief moment, Clay was even a candidate for VP at the 1860 RNC, but lost the nomination to Hannibal Hamlin. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so in March 28th, 1861, old fucking President Abe Lincoln appoints our boy Clay to be the uh, to the post of minister to the Russian court at St. Petersburg. But before Clay can make his way across the pond to his post, the Civil War breaks out. When this happens, Clay's like, fucking, all right, man, hold up. We have absolutely fucking zero federally troops here in Washington, and that just doesn't jive with me. So he rounds yeah. up and organizes a group of 300 volunteers to protect the White House and the U.S. Naval Yard from any possible Confederate attack. 
President Lincoln is like, damn, homie, that was pretty fucking baller what you just did. So he gives Clay one of the most heartfelt things a man can give to another man that isn't a kiss on the lips. He gives him a bitchin' presentation Colt revolver. Um, He's like, thanks, here you go. Gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Exactly. Um, it's like, shoot a white man. Yeah. <laughs> Tons of uh, um, So once the old federales arrive in Washington, Clay finally sets off for his journey to Russia, where he will man his post as minister to the Russian court. Um, Clay was there to witness the Tsar's Emancipation uh, Edict, which was the first and one of the most important liberal reforms during the reign of Emperor Alexander II of Russia. Clay was also a key player in securing aid from Russia for the Union. Um, basically smooth-talking Russians, the Russians into threatening war against Britain and France if they officially recognize the shitty Confederacy. Fucking big L, you fucking losers. Um, there was actually a big, like, a big part of the Civil War was if the Brits would recognize the Confederates specifically, and the Confederates were like, duh, they will, yeah. they need our fucking cotton. Yeah. And the British were like, no, we don't. Like, the British, the British were still like a global superpower, and the Confederates were a backwater. And, the, and they're yeah. like, dude, yeah. we're just gonna wait. This will fuck everything yeah. up. Go on your side, like, nah. Confederates you know? like, look at all this land. You want this back? All this shit we cotton? took from you. Yeah, you want some cotton? And the Brits like, fuck off. No, we don't. So, um, we have factories with children. Yeah. Okay, we the, don't need slaves. The we best labor for yeah. Um, so. Emperor Alexander II of Russia gives sealed orders to commanders of both his Atlantic and Pacific fleet. He sends their happy asses to the east and west coast of the U.S., and they were instructed that the sealed orders were only to be open if Britain or France entered the war on the side of the Confederacy. Which, I couldn't find out what those sealed orders said. I googled it. I don't know. But I would imagine it was uh, like... They were sealed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, so I would imagine it was just like kill them if they show up fucking just blast their ass move over to their fucking ports and just decimate them um so cassius is eventually recalled to the u.s in 1862 to accept a commission from lincoln as a major general with the union army it is here that this fucking mad lad refuses to accept the commission unless lincoln would agree to emancipate slaves that were under confederate control clay was commissioned as a major general of the motherfucking u.s volunteer general staff on april 11th of 1862 um i think i said union army in the beginning of that but it's the u.s volunteers general staff and our boy fucking abe sent him to kentucky to assess the uh mood for emancipation there in the and in other border states Probably wasn't good, gonna be honest. Probably not. It's like, uh, Abe, I checked out yeah. Kentucky. I think we're just gonna go ahead and pass. Yeah, yeah was, uh, he probably <laughs> didn't go to Lincoln with good reports, usually. Um, yeah. so not looking good. Yeah, not looking great. So, the same year Lincoln issues, uh, in that same year, Lincoln issues his Emancipation Proclamation, and it would take effect in January of 1863. Clay would resign his commission as a major general on March 11th of 1863 and return to Russia where he served until 1869. For this service in the Civil War, he received a pension as a major general. Later in oh, life... Damn. Yeah, right? That's fucking not bad. Legit. Yeah. And it's got stars on his shoulders. Uh-huh. Later in life, Clay founded the Cuban Charitable Aid Society to help Cuban independence movement of Jose Marti. He also spoke in favor of nationalizing the railroads and talked a lot of shit about the power being acquired by industrialists. Clay would also leave the Republican Party in 1869, disapproving of the Republican radicals reconstructing policy after Lincoln's assassination. 
Uh, Clay was a fucking certified mad lad. He was tough as fucking nails and never backed down from a fight. Uh, his everyday carry consisted of two fucking sweet pistolas and that bitchin' Bowie knife. Uh, and due to all the threats on his life for standing up for what he believed, he installed a cannon in his home and office to protect them. Uh, he was about <laughs> that action, like the dude. Founding fathers, dude, just intended. like the founding fathers intended. Cassius Clay, tally ho, uh, dude, tally ho, lads. Fucking fires a load of grape shot at some people going coming through the door. Clansman uh, that he's gonna inevitably get in a, a knife fight with. <laughs> Cassius Clay ends up dying in his home on July second, nineteen oh three, of quote general exhaustion, whatever the fuck that means. He was ninety two years old. Is that the exhaustion of being a general? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I couldn't find. It just literally said general That's exhaustion. That's when the doctor's like, he's old. Yeah, you're, he's come on. Yeah, he's done. like, what's wrong? And he's like, come on. Yeah, he lived what's to be ni- he lived to be nineties at ninety two in the, the Civil Wars. Yeah, are you kidding? Me? In the late eighteen hundreds, that man is well past his expiration date. He's, he's lived three lives. Yeah. There's been whole whole our nation is only as old Hol- as this man, holding it down the entire time too. What a badass. An absolute fucking badass. He had... Um, I can't believe Muhammad Ali changed his name t- to that and not Cash. Cash's Clay's a crazy name. Yeah, insane. So insane cool. name. Um, I forgot to add, he had a fucking nickname, um, and I totally didn't put it in here for some reason. Uh, let me when, when I find it, I will tell you what it was. It was like the White Lion or some shit like that. Um from what I saw, it was a pretty bitchin' nickname, but I just, I guess I skipped over it for some reason, because I'm an idiot, uh, but I'll find it. Who are you covering? You ready for me? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna cover the old story of Ernest Shackleton, and I've talked about him before on the pod, because I read a book about him, because, spoiler alert, there's boats in the story. <laughs> No, I can't stay away good from old, a, good, a bo- good boat story, man. Um, so I'm going to cover the focus of my story is going to be um, the survival that made him the most famous. But uh, We'll go over his life. He is a long and storied life. I couldn't possibly cover it all. Uh, so um, I don't have and I did feel bad that I don't have all these badass lady stories that you've been doing i i was like i i'm just going off right now because we've been talking about not being able to cover shit i'm like these are the stories i know i'm like i remember ernest shackleton i love that book you know it's super cool i was like that's somebody to cover um you know julia hill i'd known about just just i don't know you you got good ones and i was like well I'll try to think of some ladies. I'm not covering there's, lady next week. That's but. fair. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a ton out there. I just those were the first ones that popped into my head because they were stories that stuck I'm out. I cover Elizabeth Holmes. Next <laughs> <week>. <laughs> He's pretty relentless. Uh, so, uh, okay. So he was born February fifteenth, eighteen seventy five, in Ireland. The son of a farmer and his wife, uh, and the first of two sons the sibling of nine children in total um his brother frank shackleton was a major suspect in the theft of the irish crown jewels just a fun fact family got a lot done hell yeah Um, dude by the time ernest was six his father quit being a farmer and he left to the countryside to go study medicine in dublin dublin Taking, I mean, I don't know why I did that. Uh, he's taking the family with him, and after four years, his dad becomes a fucking doctor. It was badass. That's tight. I was like, four years, damn. Yeah. I mean, I just like what year is this again? Got up and did. 
the 1880s. Ah, okay, so, so yeah, I get yeah. it. But still, so like this is impressive. where you cut them. This is where you cut their arm off if they get shot. Yeah, here. <laughs> and so, here's a class uh, on bloodletting, and you're all set. Get out of here. Get out there. Much good to go. Get yeah. out of here. File <laughs> a lot of them to the road. Um, after, yep, he becomes a doctor. He moves the family to England in search of a job, and also partially maybe because the family had English ancestry and Irish nationalists had been stabbing English officials at the time. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Spicy neighborhood. I say it might be a little dicey to be out here right now. Reagan and I heard someone get shot to death last night. No shit. Yeah, it was really? just like right over there. Yeah, damn. We were like, "Is that fireworks?" And then when we were like, "I don't," that didn't sound like fireworks. And then there were fireworks, and we're like, "I think Ooh, there's just gunfire and yeah. fireworks." And yeah, then we found out that it, yeah, the, the next morning that someone had been That's shot. That's crazy. That is pretty crazy. Um the so anyway um i get it i get wanting to leave your neighborhood if it feels a little spicy yeah understandable. Uh, so Ernest himself he loved reading especially about adventure it wasn't a big school fan um like yourself so by the age of 16 he leaves school to go to sea which frankly is still my plan if my life falls apart you know what that's if, fair if this is yeah if hawkeye and reagan die in a car accident i'm just gonna fucking Join the Buck goddamn off, dude, yeah. merchant marines in France. <laughs> Goodbye. Every every um, like every like serial killer story that I've uh, not every but a lot of them were merchant marines. So you're not in great company, <laughs> but fucking good <laughs> luck. Yeah. Uh, so um, he leaves to go to sea, and he uh, so he had the option to sail on a triple decker, a line of battle, screw driven gunship. A merchant marine cadet ship or an apprenticeship on a sailing boat, and he picked the third one because the first one was actually really expensive, and the second one didn't sound badass. (laughs) Naturally. uh, uh, He's like, no, that's not going to work for me. Uh, He did want to go on the super badass uh, screw ship with the guns on it, but he's not rich. He wasn't rich. Be like that Um, sometimes. He apprenticed for four years, traveling far and wide, eventually passed a second mate exam, became a third officer in a steamer. Only took him two years after that to get his first mate qualifications and another two to become a master mariner, which qualified him to command a British ship anywhere in the world. So he gets a job working at a mail ship from South Africa to England. I guess that I was like, that sounds really boring. Yeah, to me. I don't know. Uh, he was well liked by his staff. He said he was kind of a different um, than the standard officer they were used to. He was a little closer. um, He's just more of a person to yeah. the to the command or to the uh, people he the was crew. commanding. So he eventually transfers to a troop ship where he meets a man named Cedric Longstaff, which is not a British porn star, what but actually an army name. lieutenant. I know Longstaff. Uh, is that, huh? It's a good one. <laughs> I'm sure that that has a 800 year old root in yeah. like big penis. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, that's all yeah. ever meant. Big <laughs> swinging penis. <laughs> Um, so Cedric Longstaff was not a porn star. He was an army lieutenant whose father was the primary financial backer of an expedition to the Antarctic that was being put together in London. He rubs some elbows and gets in front of this guy's rich daddy for an interview. And he, and the guy's rich daddy was impressed by this young man's gumption, can-do attitude, and chutzpah. So he puts in a good word for him and he gets him a spot on the Discovery Expedition, which That's is the name of the ship. Literally all you fucking needed back in the day. Just like a can-do I mean, attitude, hey, he, my he guy. He did... 
he did get his merchant. You know, he learned all that stuff. He yeah. wasn't unqualified. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. But also, got to be a fucking stand-up guy yeah. in front of a rich man. That's you true. Know? I guess it's still kind of like that. Oh, it, yeah. does, it just is that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like making, uh, getting success in like any kind of like the industry of like, you know, whatever being like movies, content, whatever. It's knowing people a hundred percent. Yeah. Especially rich white dudes. Uh-huh. Um, so he gets a spot on the expedition, which officially ends his service in the merchant Navy. And he's not sad about it. So he does the famous Nimrod, Nimrod expedition that went from 1907 to 1909. The expedition had been uh, a little all over the place, but it, it, it turned out all right for them. Uh, they had the last-minute change where they had planned on landing because someone else was like, oh, I, that's going to be my focus of Antarctica. And he's like, well, that my dick won't look big in England yeah. if I go to your part. <laughs> so he's uh, changed where he's going, and then the ice that he was supposed to land was super unstable. It was foggy as fuck. And so they started again where they didn't even want to. And they were, but they eventually get on there. They were the first people to see and travel the South Polar Plateau, um, which is crazy to think about. Like, they were the first people ever to stand on that part of Antarctica. It's just nuts. Yeah, like, humans, did, humans didn't do that on our own planet. Yeah. It's weird to think about. Like, pretty much everywhere else they've lived on. Mm-hmm. Even the Arctic, which is just ice. But Antarctica? Impassable. Nobody's ever it's touched wild. that shit. Um, it's it took us a, civilization a long time to just piss away our resources. Yeah, right. Uh, old slabs of rock. Just go somewhere because we could. Um, and we're like, have you ever been over there before? Fuck, dude, let's get over. Why there. hasn't nobody been over there? Let's just head over there. Like, it's right there, my guy. Uh, they also locate the uh, southern magnetic pole. They climb a mountain for the first time, and they return to the UK as heroes, even though they never made it to the South Pole. No one's going to uh, know that. The Wikipedia... Oh, I was going to see if you had a way to play this. I thought that was cool. Should play a little bit of this front if you can. Or would it work? Would it come through uh, the- maybe. Let's try it. What did you, did you say? It was from a YouTuber called Music Box Boy, an Edison cylinder collector who owned an original Edison cylinder that has Ernest Shackleton's original thoughts on this expedition on it and okay. that's what the just saying Hold wikipedia on. has it too which was cool let me try it it should it should play yeah. through the board so let's give it the old college try uh let's see my southern polar vision Ernest shackleton recorded just play like you know five seconds yeah or whatever. Let, me, let me get through this motherfucking ad skip ad oh yeah Why? yeah I don't know, actually. Hold on. Maybe, let's see. Uh, I don't know. It's not playing. Maybe, let me let me look at my settings. Keep telling your story. I'll see if I can okay. finesse this. Hold on. I, there's also, let's try uh, this I was looking at as well. I think it's on this one. Um, I'll see if I can find it. But yeah, it was really cool to be able to, it's like, I don't know. The hear his voice. It was really neat, uh, especially because they're traveling in like wooden ships with sails. Yeah, uh, that's you know. crazy. All right, hold on. I just changed the settings. Let me try. Oh, yeah. Another party reached for the first time the South Magnetic Pole. Another party reached the summit of a great active volcano, Mount Erebus. We made many interesting geological and scientific discoveries and had many narrow escapes 
Time. I think it's good. Yeah, that's crazy. That is that's dude. It's crazy. Wild to me. It would be it'd be so nuts to own that thing and play that dude, and like yeah. You know, I don't know. Something about it being an Edison cylinder makes it feel more like this went from him recording it to being in my hands. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. The, the places crazy. this thing has been throughout history to end yeah. up in my hands. Yeah. So um he you know he gets knighted he gets commander of the royal victorian order he gets gold medal he gets big boy points nice. they finger his butt hole and wash his ears Hell whatever yeah, um uh it left him super in debt actually and the government bailed him out uh with his backers nice and a lot of people think that some debts were just dropped because they're like who's gonna squeeze the nuts Dude, of this fresh. new knight you know <laughs> <laughs> like hey super cool that you did that yeah but- do you have my money? Yeah. Like, like, can you imagine, like, you're the dickhead who's trying to fucking get your money back from the guy who like, did this great Like, how do you think you're making yeah. money, idiot? Like, it's not a NASCAR fucking yeah. race, dude. Like, it's gonna... They're wasting the money. <laughs> yeah. They're not I mean, going there like, for resources. Like, they're just going there. Yeah, like, there. you think they're gonna come back with, like, uh, artifacts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Shackleton does this tour circuit that we're now becoming quite familiar with, of. Uh, this season where you know he does something notable and now he has to go around and try to make money off of it and he tells family uh that he isn't going to go to the south because why would he this norwegian dude already saw the south pole who and he was also the dude who saw the north pole absolute fucking legend you might yeah. cover him later mad lad um dude he's the first guy to see that north that's pole. insane yeah uh but, but uh an adventurer at heart he often thought of the south and when news of an infamous attempt to cross the antarctic content in the terra nova expedition of 1910 made it back to him he was like okay okay like, maybe right. there's something to do maybe there still is something to do because luckily for Ernest, they all died horribly on the antarctic content leaving him one last nut flex to go to the south for which was cross across the continent without dying no Damn. one had ever done that that guy tried he failed uh the that expedition is really interesting if you ever want to read about it uh it's widely at the time they were like you know tragic figure propaganda he he was killed by forces outside of his control it's kind of his fault they weren't (laughs) really prepared to do anything like that at all that's fair um and they died miserably so i can imagine dying out there dude sounds fucking treacherous also so crazy that we only saw the south pole like seven years before world war one started that is I, wild that she was there the whole the time the whole time thousands would, of years you would think someone would have gone out there no it was impossible for a long time uh so then just when they he thought he was out they pull him back in and in 1914 he announces the plans for the imperial trans-antarctic expedition they would take the ship the endurance uh, which was for carrying the men who were going to do the expedition themselves, and then a second ship would go to the other side of the continent and start laying supply depots out for them to pick up on their way, which I thought was a little... Yeah, that's a little dicey. Cheaty. Yeah, well, I'm like, I, bro, you can't... I mean, it probably is impossible to yeah. carry your supplies across Everything the whole Everything you need? Yeah, I don't think you hey, could. That's the challenge, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, hard, do it. Oh. Yeah, if you're not if you're not in a Lord of the Flies scenario by the time you reach it, don't even try. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> loot along the way. Yeah. Is so let me. That's fair. I get it. I get um, it. So it is. I mean, it is 1,800 miles across the most desolate wasteland on the entire planet. Yeah, so, and like you you're know, in a maybe ship. You just need to do it. Um. So, uh, well, they wouldn't go 
across the whole pole. They'd have to walk across the pole. The, the ship is to get there. Yeah, but still, uh, like, I mean, walking no, eight hundred yeah, miles. No way, dude. Insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he got thousands of applications to join after he announced it. And Shackleton was known for having a more unusual approach for picking applicants and organizing his crew. With a focus on interpersonal compatibility, he would ask a lot of questions about character and temperament rather than just what they do. You know, he was trying to think about all these men together in the survival situation for so long. How will they actually handle yeah. each other without killing That's each other? That's fair. Uh, famously, he asked their physicist uh, if he, like, that that was going to come along on the expedition if he was capable of singing, like in his interview. Yeah, because they're he's like you good time because yeah. you're not going to help on the boat, you loser, yeah, you, you fucking, fucking nerd. Physicist nerd. <laughs> uh, so uh, Ernest also made sure to distribute bitch work evenly instead of by hierarchy, and he also hung out with the crew after dinner every night and had nice. a drink to make sure to hang out with them. Yeah, so it was, he did a really good yeah. job of like not separating from them at all. Hell um, yeah. Ended up with 56 people, 28 on each ship, and a kitty named Mrs. Chippy. Because nice. you always had to have a kitty always on your have a cat. Uh World War One started, but Churchill was like, nah, just fucking just get just out go. of here. <laughs> You're not going to fight in it. Yeah. Uh, so they started the mission on August 3rd, 1914. Oh, yeah, actually it was only four years before World War One that we saw in our team, or the South Pole. So uh, it was actually not long into the journey that they find out that they had 57 people because they had a fucking stowaway. Nice, a, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah. A Welshman, here, uh, Purse Blackborough, uh, that they'd found way too far into the journey to turn around. And already was a cool dude. So he's like, fuck it. You're fuck the, it, the yeah. steward. What's up, You're dude? the cabin bitch. You have a job now. <laughs> you know? Um, and he's just part of it. Uh, he will probably come to regret that as we get further into the story. Damn. So... As they get closer to the continent, they encountered the winter's freeze of the ice in January. So there is a, the common way to build a, sh- a icebreaker ship, and even at the time that was a design, is to build a bowl-bottom ship so that it gets pushed up on the ice, and then the weight of it breaks it down. Because that's easier than smashing it, trying to wedge through ice, yeah. unless you have a nuclear-powered uh, Soviet fucking ice cruiser. <laughs> then you can just carve right through it like a blade. <laughs> Uh, they didn't have that. They had a wedge type, and so uh, it had a screw engine on it that could give it a little bit of oomph, but it was a lot of fucking ice, and um, they well, they were uh, stuck in a crush. They were not able to push out of it, and they ended up getting wedged in it, and Damn. it was common get stuck in the ice, but you just get out and you wail on it for yeah. like hours, and then you move forward, you know, feet and you do it again uh this wasn't happening they were like whoa this bitch is like stuck (laughs) stuck." uh and uh, they realized that it's stuck until the spring it's january and they're like we are here now and uh so shacklin's like all right this is not a boat anymore we live we live on the ice gang so we're gonna change our schedules we're not gonna do boat stuff you don't have to do the boat shit anymore he changes everybody's routines and responsibilities, places more emphasis on recreation that would help with the mental health situation because they are going to have to sit there for six months. And a bleak ass fucking. Uh, dude, a bleak ass. And they don't have nothing. an iPad. No, yeah. They ain't got a Kindle. They don't have a Steam Deck, bro. They got a kitty, you know? Um, so spring is Antarctica. Uh, spring in Antarctica is in September. So they are yeah. really stuck there. Fuck. The f- 
freezing and the movement and the unfreezing and refreezing built massive pressure against the 30-inch triple-layered oak hole until October 24th when the ice finally punched through and water started to pour in in the bottom of the ship. Damn. Shackleton ordered everyone to abandon ship, strip everything they could off of it, uh, and transfer it all to the ice. And it was it was a long struggle. Like they they had a lot of time. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. sinking actively. It was so wedged in the fucking Jesus, tr- uh, fuck. ice. So they start like I mean basically tearing it to pieces um, for as much of the supplies as they can get. Um, and after about five weeks, the ship slipped beneath the surface, but not before Frank Hurley, the expedition photographer, managed to get some incredible photographs with the now extremely limited film that he has. And you can look those pictures up. I'm going to share them for a promo on the Insta because okay. they're beautiful pictures, and it's so cool. I don't know. Like, that dude's, like, taking a picture of his, like, lifeline sinking yeah, beneath the yeah, sea. Yeah, dude. Holy he's like, shit. Click. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. I can do. <laughs> it's a really beautiful shot it was really hard to film um to take pictures in those settings because they were still using silver plates um and it is also with great sadness to report that it was then that they shot the cat uh they they couldn't the cat was not going to survive living on the ice as they were about to for who knows how long and the chef's cook or the cook on the boat who loved the cat the most took it upon himself and he was really upset about yeah it. i would be saddest part of the books dude i'm like i would be fucking, i'm like i'll figure it out yeah, i'll let dude, you live little kitty. yeah i will cut off bits of my own flesh for you to eat <laughs> like oh, jesus but i mean it's not even that like yeah. it can't touch the ground no it'll huh? freeze to it and die yeah. you know like it's really sad so now they're just on the ice their cat's fucking dead their pet's heads are falling off the boat's gone <laughs> it's and it's antarctica uh, they set up camp on an ice floe in hopes that it would float to a nearby Paulette Island, which was only 250 miles away. Jesus so Christ. Like, like, I just hope that all works out yeah. in our favor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they tried an expedition across the ice, but it was obviously insanely dangerous. And they so they set up what they called, in a hilarious British name, Patience Camp, in a more <laughs> permanent capacity on a bigger ice floe and hope that it drifts towards their cash supplies. Uh, they do float within nearly 60 miles of it, uh, but there was so much fucking ice jammed in between them, like, high, you know, oh, yeah. that they couldn't even pass it. And only a couple weeks later, the flow broke in two, so they took to a lifeboat, or the lifeboats, to head to land. Um, and the the whole part of, like, them transferring to the lifeboats is so stressful, like, deciding what they're going to have and, like, have to leave, and they're, like... You know, they can't take it all. Yeah, they have yeah, to yeah. get everybody they can. So fucking stressful. That sucks, dude. That fucking dude. that sounds like an awful time. Like an awful uh, time. Yeah, so they survived five days in the lifeboat. This is the start, by the way. Jesus uh, fuck. They survived five days in the lifeboats in the Antarctic Sea to make it to what is called Elephant Island. Uh, it just kind of looks like an elephant. It doesn't have any elephants on it. That sucks. It'd be cool to Eventually, see some elephants. The- yeah, the, they do arrive at Elephant Island a whopping 350 miles from where they lost the ship, allowing them to stand on solid Earth for the first time in 497 days. Jesus Christ, dude. Oh <laughs> They've my been God. out for a while. Uh, during the journey, the photographer lost his gloves, and Shackleton gave him his own, and he would suffer frostbite as a result of that. But Damn, he did it, because he's a G. a G, bro. Yeah, what a fucking G. He's like, how are you going to take good pictures if yeah. you're a little bit you can't do, Yeah, you can't do your job if you're fucking... You're, you're goddamn little... useless yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
the and he did report being very concerned or he was he was reported to have been very concerned with everybody he felt very guilty about the crew situation and he and he was very focused on their well-being he took it very personally um elephant island is a dog shit spit of land with nearly no native fauna and literally zero native flora that was occasionally visited by penguins and seals so they could shit on it uh there were no trade routes anywhere nearby obviously they're in the asshole of the planet right now and anyone who was specifically looking for them would not go all the fucking way over to elephant island because how the fuck would they know they were there that's crazy um they it did have fresh water lit thank god yeah uh, one good thing I'm, yeah <laughs> seriously and they had there was a lot of fucking seals so they had seals to eat and they had them for fuel they could use their skins for yeah. crafts yeah you know, arts and crafts dude arts yeah and crafts. i made a seal skin uh, kite let's go fly yeah, it. Lots, yeah. There's lots of things i would do fuck yeah, it, yeah. Sure. <laughs> i'm sure they got some downtime oh yeah um so, uh, it was technically survivable for now, but an Antarctic winter approacheth fast. So they set up tents and supplies, but the insane winds occasionally flattened them, and a lot of the men were getting very depressed now. Uh, you don't say. On account of, uh, yeah. As soon as the boat you know. started sinking, I'd be done. I'd be like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ending it right like, now. Cap, I'm just going to go ahead and get back on the yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah, okay? I'll see you guys uh, on the other side. I actually wrote at this point in the note, probably would have killed myself like six times by yeah. now. <laughs> uh, so Ernest recognizes the peril of their situation and he decides to take action because he's like like i said no one's gonna fucking find him no, no. one's gonna rescue him they they and back then everyone would be like shit you know yeah. the ship's gone they're gone you know? <laughs> wonder, knows wonder what what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's like all right we gotta we're gonna have to rescue ourselves like, we are so fucked plans to use one of their lifeboats to uh, to take it to a whaling supply station northeast of them, a choice they had to go with because of winds in the area. That meant instead of going 660 miles, which was one option, or even 230 miles, which was a better option, they had, they had to go 800 miles in Damn. the open southern ocean in a single lifeboat because the wind sucked and they couldn't get to the 200-mile one. Damn. They had to go 800 miles. That fucking sucks. And they, uh, he thought they could do it in about a month if they don't die in the hurricane force winds or the world-famous 60-foot waves that traverse the entire continent. I would be, I would be like, no, I'm gonna stay here. I'm sorry, like send someone back for me. But like the thought of being stuck in the ocean, like at night. As a storm rages around me, it, it, in Antarctica, in Antarctica, I would, I would fucking, I would rather kill myself. So they chose their longest lifeboat, named the James Caird, uh, a whopping twenty-three foot wooden whaleboat. <laughs> uh, whaleboats are designed for those who aren't as up to date on nautical terms, which is shocking if you've been listening to the podcast. Yeah, uh, you know what a fucking designed... frigate is, dude. What's wrong yeah, with you? Uh, the, uh, a whaleboat is designed the, for the front and back to be symmetrical because when you're, you just go whatever direction you need. Uh, it's a little more stable. They're kind of slow. They had the ship's carpenter modify the boat for the journey. Uh, they'd already raised the sides 
on on the ship for when they got or like like on their journey to Elephant Island. But he added more. He raised them even higher with less tools and supplies. He made a deck out of wood and canvas that he sealed with tar and seal blood in a cave with a box of scraps. Jesus Dude, Christ, bro! Getting it done. That is um, that's a hard man right there. He's like, he's like, oh, you need a deck on this bad boy? I'll get yeah, it done. Boss. Anybody today would be like, that's impossible. We can't do that. This guy's like, give me some fucking seals blood and some tar, and I got you a deck in two days. <laughs> so they also gave the whaleboat masts, sails, and literally two thousand pounds of ballast. Damn, just, and that, that you don't care about that. It's just for a scale of how big this fucking yeah, that's like whaleboat is. Insane. I know. I like. I remember when you know, I read the book, being like, "What?" And then they put two thousand pounds of bo- uh, shit in. I was like, "I gotta look up what kind of boat." Yeah, this yeah. Thing. I was like, "This, <laughs> this, this is, is not the lifeboat I've got in yeah, my head." Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, they turned it into. The best they can, it, yeah. Um, and this did make the boat way less maneuverable, but it was also much less likely to capsize and take on water. They loaded it with the whatever they could, a month of supplies, because uh, if it took longer, everyone would just die anyway. And they took a crew of five to travel to across the most dangerous seas in the world in a lifeboat in the Antarctic winter. Um, so, yeah, I just so I was like, this is where I put in my notes. You got this. You got uh, the Indian or no, the Mexican dude on the fishing boat, uh, or you got uh, being in the rainforest. Which one do you pick? Rainforest, still, probably. I was like, the Antarctic one is no. definitely the no. worst. Yeah, that's like, the worst. Like, I like the uh, incomparable. 800 like, miles through like the most dangerous fucking sea territory you could ever like, imagine? No. I mean, the, the Mexican guy. Is went th- like four thousand. Yeah, miles. that's true. That is unfathomable. Yeah. but I would still rather do it in the fucking Pacific Ocean uh-huh. than the goddamn Antarctic Ocean. No, uh, so I can't do it because, like, dude, just you. There is you survive. Okay, you're not the same person you were when you left that journey, and also yes. the odds of you surviving, like the 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 fact that these men did this was uh you know, for lack of better words, an act of God that they survived, that oh, they, they just yeah. shined down upon them and they yes. did not get brutally butt-fucked in, like, an Antarctic storm or some shit. So, um, you know, he asks people to join. He doesn't, he's not telling anybody, it, and it truly his hold of power is very yeah. tenuous. He's I mean, not in I, charge. I can, but I could also, <laughs> you know, I could also see... like, does see, anyone want to get on this yeah. ship? He can't be like, you got it. Yeah, anyway. yeah, but Don't I could also him. see people, him being like, who wants to volunteer to do this? And, like, him being such a good captain and being as, like, crew forward as he was, people being like, I'll go, and I'll try to get his help. Yeah, I didn't think so. So... And his notes indicated that his crew choice was actually partially based on taking the weirdos out of the survival situation. He's like, I can't leave them here. Yeah. I think people will kill them. Like, they, <laughs> they, it was like, I think it was the carpenter was just kind of a weird guy, yeah. or maybe it was the cook. And there were, and Ernest wanted to keep an eye on him. He was like, like he didn't think that the cook was going to do anything bad. He yeah. thought everyone would treat him poorly. So oh, he's like, okay. So that guy volunteered, and he's like, I want him to come, yeah. so he won't be fucking blacked here by himself. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I think Lord of the Flies has been out by now. Yeah. Like, I remember Lord of the Flies. Uh, so they launched. Actually, when did Lord of the Flies come out? I don't remember. It's like, is that book old? Lord of the Flies came out. 
19, oh my god, 1954? Oh, is really? that even out yet? Yeah, yeah. I, thought that, I thought Lord of the Flies was a much older book than it than I couldn't think of anything that specifically dated it in yeah, the story. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, he hasn't read Lord of the Flies. Uh, he's only read Swiss Family Robinson. He thought this was going to be really easy and fun, and there would be hostages there, but there weren't. <laughs> so uh, he launched on April 24th, 1916, and immediately the boat capsized, wedding two of them with no way to dry themselves for the rest of their journey. Fuck. Right then and there. Right off the rip, dude. <gasps> oh, you're like, oh my god, my sock is wet. That's yeah. not gonna get fixed. These, yeah, they're, they're like, you are cold and wet for the in- remainder of the trip. Uh, and by dawn of the next day, they were in 70 mile an hour winds and 40 foot waves. They immediately got hit by a storm. No. Uh, <laughs> I, they, there was that one guy that was like don't worry it sounds super bad but we won't even hit any storms they're gonna be fine and then first, first day storm. yeah <laughs> dude i like i think at that point i would have to go to from like to worshiping shackled yeah i like yeah that, my only sense of reality or sanity will be preserved by just unbelievable faith that he Dude, will get us through it blind, right? I'm, blind fucking devotion and faith I've, like i've that, never felt that about anyone but i would have yeah to me neither but too. yeah you would you would there is no other thing that would like keep you sane that would fucking no keep you going so Ernest handled the scheduling. He kept three men on watch one would steer another would do the sails and a third dude would the whole time would be bailing out water out of the ship their clothes had been designed for sledging. Um, not they weren't waterproof. Yeah. Uh, so they were basically wet the entire time, and they have not changed their clothes in seven months by now. Damn. Yeah, that's tough. I bet they didn't stink though. In Antarctica, so no, cold, uh-uh. couldn't smell. But them. still, man. Like, as soon as you warm those dudes up. Oh cold. yeah, as you thaw them bad boys out. That's that's a ripe smell right there. But also, not changing like your socks in seven months would fucking kill me. Like, I, I just wouldn't. Uh, there would be a point where I'm like, I don't want to see what it looks like. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm sure my feet are fucking yeah, fuck. devastated. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, they may even be, like, they may, these shoes may be attached to Yeah, fused to my foot now, yeah. So, not gonna look. Um, incredibly, the cook managed to make them hot food during this trip, which I was like, that's a damn good cook right I'm there. I'm like, I am so lazy. Yeah. And this dude's out here whipping up a hot, hot meal fresh on a meal, 20 dude. foot lifeboat yeah. in the Antarctic Ocean. Feel different. Uh, uh, they and this was a big morale boost. They made good time, which they made it 275 miles in five days until yeah. they hit part of the ocean where um, no, there was no. They were free of the uh, continental barrier, so yeah. it wasn't stopping waves. So now, that, now they were getting Ooh. to the real waves. Fuck. Um, so uh, the boat began to become logged down by frozen ocean spray, and they had to use a sea anchor and stop for two full days and actively smash the buildup, or the boat was just going to sink. Damn. Like, the, the ice was uh, accumulating so fast, they had to, like, work to smash it away. Like, I'd just be crying Dude, all yeah, the time. This, you know? is, this is like... <laughs> like, I hate this so much. This is like something, like, fucking, I don't know, um, I, fucking Warner Brothers comes up with to make the most Dude, treacherous movie ever made, and, like, this is something really like they to, experienced. Yeah, I, I don't like to say this kind of stuff, but... This was when men were men. Yeah. Okay. Dude. These were men. Yeah. Whatever that means to whoever, we can all agree these were the these men. These were fucking hard <laughs> men. These were the definition of hard men. 
Uh, so, 11 days into their trip, uh, they hit the worst of the seas, because they haven't yet, and it takes on all hands constant effort to constantly bail water out of the ship, or a boat, as they crest 70-foot waves and hurricane winds. Yeah. Uh, one of the crew at this point, and no one's shaming him, he's pretty much given up on living, and he and he's ceased to be helpful. Fair. Uh yeah, and well, fair. Yeah, I'm like, I get it. I get it. It would break a lot of men. Yeah. Um, the 50 year old carpenter, uh, or 50 plus year old carpenter, had held on to the fucking rudder so truly that he became frozen to it. And Damn. he did, he just gritted through it because he's just hard. He's like, this is my job now. This is what I do. <laughs> yeah. This is where I am. He will die yeah. holding on to that. <laughs> uh, so they. Uh, Shackleton's like getting pretty worried about our, his sad bud, and so they tack in, in closer to the shore because they don't want to uh, risk missing the, the islands. And understand, like they're navigating by looking at stars, yeah, and landmarks sometimes, and they can only do that about every five to seven days because of how horrible the conditions are. And it's just a guy like on a, like a, a rocky, rocky boat, ass boat dude. holding a thing, and it's yeah. like. Yeah, that way. That Let's looks that like way. a tree, or that looks like a piece <laughs> of land. <laughs> They're like, yeah, go that direction in our fucking sailboat. I just, I can't even fathom it. Yeah. Um, so their highlight of each day was their mug of hot milk that they were given while they were on night watch, which, uh, critical, good thinking, that was Shackleton. Yeah, only thing to look yeah. forward to. Oh, I'd be thinking about it all day. All day. Uh, uh, they did think about it all day. They said that. Uh, morale was low, but spottings of seaweed and then eventually uh, land birds raised their spirits, and eventually they made sight of the South Georgia Island. Uh, it, this part was kind of funny. It was like 2 in the morning, and uh, the glaciers that they were coming up on looked like waves. And at this point, they're like, you know, three weeks into the trip of unimaginable horror yeah, just and Shackleton was shit. on watch and he was like ah it's crashing right on us everybody and, they, and then they figure out it was a glacier is not a wave I, dude, like, still, it, like, I know you can't get out of that survival mode you're you know, immediately dude, all hands on deck so he's like oh fuck it's over yeah this is, well, this is it we're done we're like, done oh, just, no okay okay uh, so they approached the coastline, but the wind was so fierce that they couldn't make a landing, and they had to sit in an ice hurricane for a full day, in front, just right in front of the coast, waiting for an opportunity to land. I don't and know, again, man. I do. Yeah, time. yeah. I would say as, <laughs> from the moment my eyes spotted the land, I would be crying. I would be like, then, I'm gonna swim on. I would, I'll swim. yeah, right. I don't care. I'll I make would, it. <laughs> I would brave the day long storm because the only thought in my head would be like, as soon as this is land, over, land, we're there. Land. We're over there. Yeah. So it did take several attempts. They almost capsized and all drowned, but eventually they managed to land after one of the most difficult, perilous boat journeys ever attempted by man. And it is this that part of the journey that immortalizes Shackleton. It's widely considered like one of the greatest acts of sailing in recorded history. No one believed it was possible. If you tried it, you die. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable shit. But it's not over. So once they landed, they realized their boat was kind of fucked, and there was no way that they were going to get, like, they thought they might get to the coast, land, and then, like, like kind of coast hop there. Yeah. But, like, this dude's useless. Yeah. He's going to kill himself. <laughs> the carpenter is very injured from being frozen to the rudder, yeah. and he can't travel. So Ernest and the two other guys uh, decide they're going to journey on the island, uh, or over the island on foot to get help. 
Um, they beach the boat, they flip it over, make a little shelter. I, they have a picture of it. It looks amazing. I bet it's so cozy in there. Um, <laughs> they, and they leave on May 18th in what would be the first ever land crossing of the island's interior. So this dude's just to stay alive Dude. doing three yeah. unrehorned oh things Oh my ever. god. And um, they had no map, limited supplies, and had to climb literal mountains in the dead of night in the Antarctic winter with, you know, no lights or anything. Jesus, um, fuck. They also realized that if they stopped, like actually sat down and rested, they would just die. So they traveled for 36 straight hours until they made it to a whaling camp and got help. Holy shit. And, and they bust in. And they're like, we came from across the island. And the whalers are like, no, you Fucking didn't. liar, dude. Yeah. Like, you do look really bad. Yeah, you look like and, shit, but. And, and Shackleton's like, who's here? And they say, and he's like, take me to that dude. I know that dude. And then they go to that dude. And, and Shackleton's like, hey, man. And the guy's like, who the fuck are you? He's like, you recognize me. And he's like, oh. well, your voice. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. like, you look like a demon. You and are an entirely they, different person from who I am. related yeah. what was going on. And um, so the Norwegian whalers went and rescued the other three men that were on the island still. Or the other two men. Yeah. Uh, even going through the effort to save the James Caird after the journey they no had shit. taken with it. Yeah. He didn't, I, I, he didn't ask them to. They did that out of respect for him. I, that was like one of my crazy. favorite parts of the whole story. That, that they were just crazy. like, what? We can't leave your boat. Dude, Can, you yeah, just did some crazy You just did like some unheard of shit. Can you imagine like being the guy that he talked, like he talks to in the beginning of being like, you don't recognize me. And he's like telling you the oh. story that he did. You'd be like, like what? What the are fuck? You are you sure like, you yeah, did all that? You made all this up. So didn't you? He's like, wait, you left for this trip like a year yeah. and a half ago. Uh, you can actually go to London and see the James Garrett. No the shit. ship is there. Yeah, I would love to see it. Yeah, that's so, amazing. If I ever go to London, that's a specific goal of mine is to see the James Garrett itself. Um, and... Uh, it, and Shackleton was really touched by that. He like he the the Norwegians had been like proud to do it for him, and he was like at tears Dude. that they would do something like that. Um, real cool sailor bro moment. Yeah, um, very very sailor bro moment. So the rest of his men did not get saved for another hundred and five days. <laughs> they uh, they couldn't find a ship for a while to come do it. Then they get a ship, it fucking broke down, and then the and then they did get another ship, and then the weather was fucking dog shit, but then they finally fucking get there, and they rescue them, and not one man in that part of the expedition died. Really? Although, the other half of the expedition that went and dropped the supplies, they lost three people! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? How, bro? <laughs> Uh, their ship had got blown out to sea and it turned out and that was its own little disaster and a bunch like three people died and one of them was the guy in charge of it he, oh damn but Shackleton was having none of it they, his voice was fucked regardless like on both ends it was. so Ernest lived a full life after uh, became a bit of a drunk for a while which I think he's well within his life yeah too. dude um, that's all that you try- did after all that you got you turned into an alcoholic for a little bit insane yeah. yeah he tried to join the army for world war one they were like no honey Dude. we don't need that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like crazy you've already been through enough so i can't imagine what coming home from war is going to add to that oh. you got enough also problems. you may be a terrifying soldier yeah right? yeah, yeah that's true you may feel nothing yeah <laughs> 
So uh, he f- uh, tried to become a diplomat, or he became a diplomat, tried to enroll Argentina into World War One on the side of the Allies, failed. Uh, worked as an advisor for the British during the Russian Civil War uh, because he was an expert in being cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, He's the like, best. <laughs> I know how to deal with this, trust me. I've been in the coldest uh, part of the world. Eventually, he would go to start another Antarctica expedition to circumnavigate the continent for the first time, but he had a heart attack at the beginning and just fucking died. Damn. Virtually penniless and in debt. Damn. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you know, he pretty much died doing what he loved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, sad. penniless and in debt, but he's still out there sailing and trying to do shit uh, no one's ever sailing. done. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, I, I mean, I can't imagine a person... To survive something like that and it then be wants like, I to go do it. yeah i was about to Let's just say run that it back. yeah run like, it back baby fucking <laughs> dumb, second bro. time's the charm my guy we'll fucking get like, this i done. would prefer a ship not made of wood this yeah. time <laughs> 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 uh, I, I mean it's it's good that he did not you know there's stories like this where this happens to somebody and they die alone in their house or wherever they lived because they, it was just he was you know, loved by his much. crew for it they respected him until his his death their death and some of them even like had specific requests to scatter their ashes at his grave like Damn. like real shit yeah like he earned the trust of all those men and like you can't blame him for what happened but i would get it if someone did yeah and no yeah. one did no one did it's, it's crazy. definitely i mean it's definitely a, a combination of you know one of those things where it's like uh, it's uh, a quote-unquote act of god that this happened to us and we got fucked up this bad but also how crew forward he was you know if, if he was the kind of guy that was like you two are gonna go fucking do this and you're gonna go fucking do this and i'm gonna go hang out back here them. yeah they would have killed him he would they and i think more people just would have died yeah, yeah more like, people would have died and the survivors would have blamed him till the day they drew their last breath but since he was like we're in this shit together i feel completely terrible that i have you all stranded here and so we're gonna do what we can to survive and i'm gonna be surviving with you um if that like, was if that was yeah. like my captain i would fucking dude i i would yeah, i would have my ashes be, scattered on your grave and like you know i think that speaks volumes about him like whatever he, there i haven't seen any controversy about him but the fact that those men went through something like that and stood with him to his death like yeah he seemed like a really legit dude Says i thought he lot. was a great guy to cover this season especially because the fact that they didn't no one died, no one died. that is insane that's fucking bonkers r.i.p to the cat yeah r.i.p to the cat true but yeah like fucking uh, horrible i like i can't i hate the cold dude i hate the cold i couldn't dude i i I live like that i like the cold but like antarctica cold i don't know about all that that's like that's on a cut to your bone yeah that's a whole nother world of cold cut straight to the bone that's a good fucking story though that's crazy it is a good story i love it um the uh uh, there was a book I've recommended it on here before. This was hilariously a book I read the wrong one on accident. This nice. is another one I did. Uh, there is one by Alfred Lansing that I've heard is very good. I didn't read it. Um, I was supposed to, but I read the one by Caroline Alexander, and it was really good. So I wasn't sad. Nice. Not at all. Nice. Um, th- they're both like, I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but like, on Google or Amazon and uh, Goodreads, they have identical ratings. Like they're both great books. So whichever one you read, you get more about it. We get more about how chat, how 
Shackleton thought what things were going and his and his insight into like what they did and it's just a great goddamn survival boat story. Dude, dude. yeah. Best, one of the best ever. Crazy. Hands down. And it's crazy like how good the sailors were. Like a man like the guy who could make the boat and then the dude who was navigating them through a hurricane also, in Antarctica. Uh, the I just, fa- the fact that like his selection process wasn't necessarily of like what's your experience doing this. It was more so like what kind of person are you? And that also happened to be people who were super fucking good at their job, who were just immaculate. At oh their yeah, job. yeah. And and there was even some people that he asked like almost nothing. He asked like a single. He like looked him over and he was like perfect. Yep, you're good, dude. I'm like. It, no one killed each yeah, other. Like, good judgment of character. It. Good judgment yeah. of character. A damn good captain. Just all around yeah. fucking. That's a that is a that He's, is a man's man right there. I feel like he embodies what the tr- British's understanding of a knight should be. Yeah, I really. Do I agree. So. I agree. Yeah, very noble man. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the story. Do you have a recommendation? I don't have one. I've been so fucking those, are my those books. Okay, because I've been yeah fucking super busy, so I haven't had time to literally. Do you read your watch? book? No, I haven't because I've Dang! been fucking busy. I will though. I promise. I before next Better time read. we record, um, it's gonna be I good. need to. Yeah, and it's so funny because ever since like you suggested to me, you know how like there's that, um, that uh, uh, what's the word? Like the phenomenon of once you learn about something, you see it a lot more. Um, I don't know if it's that or if it's just or like Vader mine off. Yeah, like, some some yeah. fucking cosmic being being like read this fucking book. But ever since you suggested to me, you're like read this book. I've been seeing more about it, and I'm like, all yeah. right, I have fucking. I, gotta, I mean, I got to sit down and start this. Like, I told my buddy is like it is foundational sci-fi. Like for our generation, it will be something that's remembered. Like in eighty years, when they're like, "Have you ever read any early two thousands classics?" They'll be like, "Oh, you gotta read this." Okay, like, three body problem. It I'm, really is gonna I'm, go down forever. I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and I need to like if aliens visit, people will ask him like what to do. No shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, I really, I a hundred percent like. I, it's for sure. I fucking I just I love uh love story like you're gonna love stories it. or whatever about like so aliens cool. visiting and how people react. All right, Bro, I, I will so cool. I will start it before our next recording session. I and I'm waiting promise. for you to finish the first one so we can watch the show. So we, we could watch the show. Oh, at the okay, same time. yeah, I got it. Yeah, for sure. All right, well so. we will see you guys next week. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Be safe. Be kind yes. to others. Be kind to yourselves. We love you. Bye bye.